taking off in five, four, three, two. Yo, 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 this your boy, T.O., as you know. It's your boy, Old Rain, real name, no games, no gimmicks. Yo, it's the motherfucking Fade Podcast, your one-stop shop for everything TV, media, and film related, along with any other goddamn thing we want to talk about, coming to you live, direct, Heart Studios, Baltimore City. What in the fuck is up? Man, life is good. Mm. I had an insomnia cookie before I came here. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Are you, I didn't, are you still I, on that sugar high? No, no, no. I mean, I... Let's be real. I, I, I can't do uh, dairy, so I didn't have like the chocolate chip or the double chocolate chunk. So I just so got a sugar it's cookie. Not, yeah, it's not worth it. You know, I don't understand what you're saying right now. Listen, it's, it's, I try to have fun, but within my, you know, within mm-hmm. my parameters, mm-hmm. right? The parameters my body has unwillingly set for me. I'm not going to lie. You said some pretty offensive things uh, right here in this very studio uh but that against might be dairy the most offensive thing you ever said oh <laughs> you're you said against dairy <laughs> um yeah man uh so you know it's it's really interesting i've uh, i've been trying to go back and um you know uh somebody out there has been ma- making me feel guilty about not watching you know some of the things you know that uh that maybe we might bring up a movie on but like oh i haven't seen that or whatever so somebody out yeah. there you know who you are uh, has made me feel guilty about that. So now I've been spending a lot of time going back and just like watching all new shit. I've been watching for the entire, basically for the entire summer, I've watched nothing but 90s wrestling. Yeah. And so now I'm like, all right, fuck it. Fuck the 90s wrestling. I only watched that a little bit, um, but I'm trying to spend a lot of my time watching shit that I haven't haven't really watched uh, that's come out more recently. Like uh, I watched Uncut Gems, you know, okay. which I've yeah. been dying to get to. So yep. that was, uh, that was Very good one. That was, that was a very good Adam Sandler clearly like he knocked it out of the fucking park yeah. with that one um yeah the story left me feeling like shook a little bit like fuck man like yeah i don't think anybody why? i don't think anybody really expected that ending. oh man that was a hard like he, actually weirdly enough i saw it coming when it happens you're just like damn yeah. I, I, i'm not gonna lie i didn't see that happening yeah no i knew because the like you can always tell because like uh you know, my apologies to somebody, anybody who hasn't actually seen Uncut Gems yet. Uh, it's on Netflix, by the way, so you should definitely check that out. Highly recommend. Uh, it's an A24 movie, so you know it, uh, it comes with the credentials. But uh, you could tell, like, whenever characters are, like, a large part of the story, but you can't tell, like, why they're a large part of the story. So, like, the dude, the, like, the henchman who's, like, you know, been basically trying to chase him down the entire time. Yeah. He's, he was being mad aggressive, like, the entire time. And you're yeah. just like, all right, he plays some kind of key role in this. They're not just going to let him, like, give him all that you know, airtime and just be like, all right, just that, yeah, just have him not really do anything at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, even with that, with that being said, right. Mm-hmm. I still didn't see it coming. Yeah. Which, which is a, too. which is a gr- sign of a great movie, right? Yeah. Great, great writing, great direction, great acting to where you should have seen it coming. Yeah. Right. Like the movie was, it, it built up for that, mm-hmm. but you still didn't expect it. Yeah. Yeah, I might, so, I'm gonna have to watch that movie again. That's gonna go on yeah. a list. No, it's, it's it's a great one, man. Um, so anyway, so I've been watching a lot a, a lot of shit that uh, that I hadn't previously, you know, uh, watched. 
so if, uh, if you've got any recommendations out there, put them in the comment section below. We'd love to hear what your recommendations are uh, for movies. Uh, and obviously, they I guess there's no way for people to know what movies I haven't seen. So, But just put whatever movie you want and you know, I'll see if I've seen it or not and check it out if, uh, if, it, if it gets recommended. Uh, and then report back as well. Uh, so uh, with that being said, let's talk about some new shit that is actually coming out this particular uh, uh, week. Um, so we actually this week uh, we're, we're going to do this a little differently than we have been doing it. We're just going to talk about some of the movies that we're actually like looking forward to. That's uh, this particular movie. Is, uh, these particular movies are coming out on streaming this week. Obviously, we're getting a reintroduction to the theaters this week. You know. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, we, we got a lot of shit to, to look forward to there. But I'm just going to talk about some of the shit that I'm looking forward to. Uh, not looking forward to Unhinged. Uh, I can just state that right off the bat, uh, which is coming That's out the Russell Crowe movie. That is right? the Russell Crowe yeah, movie. Yeah. Uh, I will not be watching that in theaters. Uh, but I there's a there's world where i check that out on on demand if it's there um but uh but this week uh new to netflix is uh both hoops which is uh an animated series uh that uh basically follows a coach around who's like kind of like down on his luck and he he, he just like sucks <laughs> and so uh we, we we get that from netflix this week but also your show's coming back uh this this particular week lucifer season five yeah drops uh drops this week how do you feel about that are you gonna check it out i'm definitely gonna binge that show um mm -hmm. you know more terrible acting shitty writing <laughs> but characters that you just have to love yeah yeah when is that when is that what is it uh that that's on the 21st i believe friday uh the 20th i want to say okay, which is thursday thursday yeah. i think that's that's when it drops i'm pretty yeah. sure i'm 84 percent. that's sure. the day that's my birthday <laughs> Yo, that's hey, a, that's a, that's yo, a gift. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Netflix gotta, has we, given me gifts. We gotta do this proper now. We gotta, you know what I mean? We gotta... 31, though. It's an un uneventful age. But thank you for the air horn. Is this not an uneventful <laughs> age? What are you talking 30's about? 30's big. 31 is like... No, Go 31, come on. You're, 31 is where you... No, there's literally nothing yeah. that happens in 31. I, I, I could see you trying to like find something, you're like digging, no, but no. There's, no, there's literally there's, there's nothing. nothing. Hey, we're, we're still going to blow the air horns for you. Appreciate it, appreciate it. We're going to drop it's gonna, the it's bomb be a good day. You got a feeling it's going to be a great day. Um, yeah, man. Uh, you know, obviously, we're going to do it. We're going to do another show you know, a little later on this week because I am, I'm not going to be here next week, so we're trying to get it in before next week. But... Happy early birthday, man! Yeah, appreciate how do, it. How does it how does it feel to knock down another year? This uh, this fucking been a crazy year. Yeah. Well, yeah, to say the very least. I guess yeah. this year in everybody's life. I guess I'm just happy that you know things could be worse. Literally, I mean, very, very literally, things could be worse. Yeah, that, that's very everything. true. That's very true. It it definitely could be worse. Uh, I think uh, you know for for pretty much everybody. Um, yeah. You know, so uh, for a lot of people, it is worse. For a lot of people, it's gonna get worse. Um, yeah, so I feel like we're being downers here. I don't, I don't know if nah, there's any need for that. I, I feel like this is actually a positive thing, right? Right? It literally could be worse, and I think a lot of times you have to acknowledge that. Like, it's so easy to say, "Oh, things could be worse," but a lot of times you have to actually acknowledge the fact that things could be worse, and like w everything that you have right now, mm -hmm. you gotta be thankful for. You gotta be, appreciate it because it literally could be worse. I mean, look at all of 2020. Yeah. So. No, I mean, like, like I said, I have no big plans for my birthday. I, nothing. I'm just going to be chill on that cool. day and be happy about it and be like, you know what, 31 in 2020, I'm healthy, I'm happy. 
all my family members are healthy and happy, we're great. Things could be worse. There you go. Yeah. I keep <laughs> That's it light. a motto for 2020. <laughs> Things could Things be worse. Could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> Tagline for the year. Uh, but uh, one more thing I'm looking forward to, uh, to watching um, this week. Uh, it actually came out on Sunday, uh, or at least the first episode, I guess, premiered on Sunday. Uh, Lovecraft. Uh, Lovecraft Country, yep. which is uh, a show that, uh, and I didn't really realize this until like, because I didn't really read any of his work, but um, H.P. Lovecraft was apparently really racist, uh, <laughs> which I didn't, I was not hip to uh, until uh, until that was uh, was was disclosed to me. Uh, but uh, in any event, uh, Lovecraft Country uh, deals with kind of uh, the Lovecraftian. Uh, sort of like weird sci-fi shit, uh, but kind of wrapped into kind of a a, a racial angle um, with with how that intersects with uh, with uh, specifically with black people, um, and uh, and so yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to to watching that, uh, checking the checking the episode out. Um, yeah. So yeah, I got I got three here. I want to toss out. Uh, okay. All of these are coming to VOD, so you can you know whether you have. Uh, um, well, not Netflix, Apple TV, Amazon Prime. Uh, you should be able to get any of these on VOD. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, two of these movies that we've actually done a review for. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have Critical Thinking, which is a film uh, starring John Leguizamo. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so we've talked about that. Yeah, that's coming to VOD like this week. I believe that's on the 21st. Yes, yeah, the students with the, um, they, uh, they're learning to play chess. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tesla, the film, this has uh, Ethan Hawke in it as well as Ava Hewson. Um, so Ethan Hawke is obviously playing uh, Nikola Tesla. Yeah. Um, he's going to tell his story. Very interesting story about like everything that happened with Tesla and his uh, untimely death. They say it was an accident, but a lot of people don't think it was. Yeah. Um, and then uh, last film here is uh, Random Acts of Violence. I don't know if you remember this one with like Jorda, Jordana Brewster. This one comes out Thursday, August 20th as well, also on VOD. Um, that, that looks like a suspense kind of thriller film. I, I'm pretty sure we've done a review on it, but it's a film that I've been like looking forward to coming out mm. on VOD. So August 20th, um, you should August 20th, August 21st, you should be able to find all of those films on VOD. Let's do it. I like it. All right, let's uh, move the fuck on. All right. Um, so uh, first things first, let's talk about this uh, this trailer here. Uh, we got a trailer uh, this past uh, this past week for. Uh, the Devil All the Time, which is a, uh, let me give you the quick synopsis, a sinister characters um, uh, converge around a young man devoted to protecting those he loves in a post-war backwoods town uh, teeming with corruption and brutality. This is uh, directed by Antonio Campos and uh, written by Campos as well as uh, uh, Paulo Campos uh, and is based off of a uh, I think it's a. I think it might be a book, uh, uh, but uh, but I think it's a story by is by uh, Donald uh, Ray Pollock, and stars Robert Pattinson, Tom Holland, Sebastian Stan, Bill uh, Skarsgård, uh, and is due out September sixteenth. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, what did you think about the trailer when you when you first laid eyes on it? To be honest, um, and like we had just watched this trailer again. Uh, there's nothing. Other than the phenomenal cast that's in this film, mm-hmm. I got to be honest. There's nothing about this movie that is like makes me interested to watch it. Hmm. Um, it's eerie. Mm-hmm. It's creepy. Um, I can imagine there's a really interesting story here, and like all the things that uh, it looks like a bunch of people and a bunch of influences are coming down on this character played by Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, these these are negative influences. Ultimately, it's going to lead him to make some very bad untimely decisions probably gonna hurt some people um i don't know maybe this is just a story of how 
the people around you can influence you so much that maybe it changes who you are and and ultimately leads you to take actions that you normally wouldn't have, right? Yeah. If in better circumstances. Uh, so again, the, the cast looks phenomenal. We got Rob Pattinson, Sebastian Stan, uh, Tom Holland, uh, just to name a few. Yeah, and uh, and also I still am not <laughs> like I don't I'm not checking for this. Well, and also we have um uh we have Jason Clark who uh who can be really creepy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He can be a really creepy, dude. When he when he wants to be, but um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I was left with kind of a different feeling from this uh, from this trailer. It actually made me really interested in it because it just seemed like such a it seems like such a, like a dark and brooding kind of story, and mm-hmm. that shit's like right up my alley. Uh, so uh, so yeah, I, I'm looking forward to watching it for the for the pure sake um of seeing all these sort of characters sort of interact and they're all fucking great actors you know um you know tom holland's you know proving himself on a you know, number of occasions um uh bill pat uh bill pattinson uh, robert pattinson has uh you know he people like to rag on him because he doesn't like to work out apparently but you know he's a fucking great actor you yeah know? uh so you just got all these you know different different people sort of converging in this um it, it's short on women though i'm not gonna lie it's very male heavy a very, yeah. very male heavy movie here uh but um but yeah n- nonetheless i think it's um it, it piqued my interest, at least, uh, you know, just from from them talking about, um, you know, you, you see Tom Holland and then you see that he, um, he he's clearly got some issues with his dad. You know, clearly mm-hmm. his dad's done some stuff like he I, I think the trailer even starts out with him receiving like a present or something. like yeah. that. That was like a, a thing from his dad that his dad, I think, has passed away. At yeah, this, I think we've seen his dad like attack and maybe like kill someone like suffocate yeah. him in the mud in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so maybe having seen that as a child can kind of. Yeah, fuck you up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, so, so here's one of the things I noticed about this movie, though, if you mm-hmm. don't mind. Sure, sure. So this movie is obviously based in like Mississippi. Was it Mississippi? Uh, I think it's uh, Virginia or uh, set in rural uh, Ohio and West Virginia. Okay. what it says. Yeah, uh, Mississippi. It's all the same. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be. <laughs> yeah. Just they're they're all one. Yeah. Um. And this is probably set in like what, like nineteen, like fucking thirty, something like that, right? Uh. What what yeah, year? Nineteen sixties. Nineteen sixty. Yeah. So all of these actors, right? Uh, Robert Pattinson, Tom Holland, Sebastian Stan, uh, Bill Kasgard or whatever. Um. About like six or seven of these actors and actresses are like from the UK. Mm-hmm. And this movie's, you know, set in 1930 in like West Virginia, Ohio, whatever. It's kind of interesting, right? Like all like a cast of predominantly European actors are playing like these Americans in 1960. D- does that strike you as odd that there's like not one maybe like an American born and I, I don't give a shit. It's just when you looked at all the actors and actresses and where they're from, and you're like, "Why wow, they're all from the UK playing these, uh, r- playing this role of like you know Americans in 1960 in Ohio?" No, that doesn't no. strike you as odd. It's fine with me. The whole cast. I'm trying to decide if I if I am bothered by this, and my initial reply is no. Like, yeah um, because it's it's acting, right? So like that's like okay, if somebody's from fucking you know, uh, Laguna Beach, California, but they're pl- they're playing a Southern person. Are you like just as outraged? It's like, no, you know? So like, why does it, 
I guess why is it why is it such a thing that they are um, they're like uh, they're they're from the UK or from somewhere else obviously outside of the US? Yes, it doesn't like bother me. It just again strikes me as odd that of like the top seven bill top seven like uh, cast members right or top bill. All of them are from the UK. Again, playing you know uh, American characters from 1960 in Ohio. Like again, the whole cast pretty much. Like not one American made the cut. And again, I don't give a shit. I'm not American, yeah. right? I don't give a shit. I just again, it strikes me as odd. You're American, American through. Fuck through. no. You're American. You no. patriot. When I whenever I go overseas, listen, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm not with. No, them. Do, you, do you speak with like a Jamaican accent? <laughs> I wear a Jamaican T-shirt. <laughs> And the hat, whole nine. <laughs> Got the flag blowing. Yep. It's like, wait, why is there a random flag blowing behind keep, you? Keep doors? the flag in my pocket <laughs> yeah. just to let them know. Just in case. Just in case. Because um, they hate Americans everywhere else in the world. More or less. Uh, so, yeah, the, the Devil All the Time is due out September 16th. It comes out on Netflix. So, of course, you'd be able to check this out immediately. Um, as soon as it drops, uh, there's no 17-day window to worry about. <laughs> um, and so, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It rained not so much, but uh, we press on. Uh, none the less. Okay, let's, uh, let's let's jump over to our our, our next um, our next story here. Uh, so we actually get a um, uh, a trailer for uh, for our new Robert Nero movie, uh, which is called uh, The War with Grandpa. Uh, which the synopsis goes: uh, upset that he has to share a room uh, he loves with his grandfather, Peter decides to declare war in an attempt to get it back. This uh, film is directed by Tim Hill and uh, is written by Tom uh, Astle, uh, Matt Ember, and uh, Robert Kimmel Smith, who actually has, uh, who wrote the book for this and uh, is, uh, is, is obviously, you know, credited as the the author of the book. <laughs> I said that in the weirdest way yeah, possible. Yeah, it took a long time for that. <laughs> uh, this film stars uh, Robert Nero, uh, Oaks uh, Feigley, Uma Thurman, Christopher Walken, Jane Seymour, and is due out on October 9th of this very year. Uh, what did you think of the trailer for uh, The War with Grandpa? So I actually thought the trailer for this was funny. Like it was lighthearted. Um, it's always funny to see Robert De Niro in these types of roles, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you think back to like where he came from, right? Mm-hmm. The movies he used to do versus you know Raging Bull, and then we got this guy right here. So, um, you know, I was watching this movie. I thought it was light. It looked fun. Uh, it looked interesting. I'm not going to go see this in theaters, mm-hmm. but again, if this was like on Netflix uh, in a movie that like a new release or something that I could watch to have a good laugh yeah. on a random night. I would definitely check this out. I mean, great cast. We got Jane Seymour. Uh, I think Cheech, Cheech and Chong makes an appearance in this movie. Uma Thurman, Christopher Walken. Yeah, Christopher Walken's yeah, in it. Yeah, you got to see mean, it. Yeah, like. you can't. You, you have to give it like yeah. a you know you have to give it a chance at least. Yeah, and then you add in the rest of, of this cast. Um, uh, the premise for this movie, uh, it's funny, interesting. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, is, is it the Diary of a Wimpy Kid? Or something like that. Do you remember that movie? I don't know if I ever saw it, but I think it had like a similar premise. Yeah, to, to me, this movie is like a cross between Diary of a Wimpy Kid like and Bad then, Grandpa, um, and kind of. Bad Grandpa, yeah. which I think Robert De Niro was also in. Uh, was he in Bad Grandpa? It was, was that Johnny? No, no, you're thinking they're two different, and maybe I'm getting the name wrong of mine, but uh, I'm thinking of the movie with Zach Efron and Robert De Niro, mm. where 
Robert De Niro, I think, was Zac Efron's granddad or something like yeah. that. And they were like on some sort of weird zany trip or some shit. Mm, I don't remember uh, that one. Yeah, not not that many people do. But, uh, uh, but <laughs> not that many people do. Uh, yeah, but uh, but in any event, um, yeah, watch the trailer. It, you know, it had some really nice laughs in it. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought uh, some really, you know, not something that's going to like, ha, ha, ha. But it was just like, oh, that's, 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 you know, that's funny. Yeah, or, I'm not paying $29.99 for this like they want for Mulan. <laughs> Um, but yeah. again, if it's on a streaming service that I uh, subscribe to and it's uh, not too expensive, I would check this out for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, the it seems like the cast, you know, it's, it's basically just like get the band back together. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you got a lot of people who, you know. They're pushing it in age. Yeah, you know? they're a bit up little, there. I mean, yeah, Christopher, how old is Christopher Walken? He's got to be at least like 70 7,000 years old. Yeah, yeah him and Clint Eastwood are like the him. same age. Yeah, which, yeah, Clint Eastwood is, is uh, old. I, yeah, I can't even, he's so old, old, I can't even like come up with a reasonable joke. To, yeah, <laughs> just, to, just old. He's just old. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, uh, and so they all seem like they, they're, they're kind of having fun. You know, they're working together. Um, Robert De Niro's always good. Uh, in, in these type of situations, you know, ever since his Meet the Falkers. Or, yeah, or yeah. Meet the Parents days. And I think that's um, when he really first, like, shed the image of, like, a more, like, tough, serious actor to, like... I don't think he know, shed it. He just, like, he, like, adopted the... The sense of humor to it. Because yeah. he can still go dark, you know, yeah. uh, as we saw with the uh, the Irishman. You know, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he still, still has that, that dark sensibility, but... Um, but uh but yeah he ever since meet the parents he i think he really sort of like leaned into this sort of like wholesome like just like zany funny yeah. you know kind of uh, it has worked character. well for him it has it has you know uh and so i think that that's why they they you know in this movie at least it's being marketed as sort of like an homage to like kind of like the mafia kind of like war like we even see like you know he he gets like a little snake in his bed instead of the the head in the uh the head of a horse in the bed like yeah. uh, like in um uh the godfather um and so, uh, so yeah, uh, this is, uh, this is an okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I also don't think I'll, I'll be spending twenty nine ninety nine on this, uh, anytime soon, 30 bucks, but, uh, but we'll see, we'll see. This is actually coming out in theaters. So, uh, yeah. Good uh, luck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just go ahead and bring those, uh, those Lysol wipes that you, yeah. you, you if I'm, if I'm in this, if I'm an actor in this movie, I need to be paid up front. <laughs> Our contract will not be based off of earnings of this film. I need cash in hand. I need the check yeah. before we start filming. Absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, so with that being said, uh, we are going to press forward here with our uh, next story. Um, so this is a, a bit of a, an odd one, right? Uh, and, and the reason why I say that is because uh, there is this hashtag that 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 was started uh it's hashtag cancel netflix um atla uh live action um and so what this has to do with is avatar the last airbender which is the atla right um which uh, i'll actually admit that i actually did not uh and let me preface this with i was never the big avatar fan um dbz dragon ball z you know that's what we all grew up on yeah that was the thing that like was our childhood, right? What happened is I'm very, very nostalgic and very adverse as like I started this, the podcast talking about how I have to force myself to stop watching old shit in order to watch the new shit that's, that's, you know, that's come out. Um, and that's been true for me pretty much my entire life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when Dragon Ball Z uh, ended and it didn't, I don't, yeah, I guess it ended right, right around the time that Avatar started. Um, and, I was just like, nah, fam. Like everybody else was on it. I was like, nah, 
can't do it. I yeah. feel like I'm betraying Dragon Ball Z if I start watching another anime or something like that. It was like after DBZ, people either went Naruto or Nataro. What, what, what is it? Naruto. Is it Naruto? Naruto? Naruto, yeah. Naruto. Or they yeah. went Last Airbender. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, and I did neither. I, never, I neither watched Naruto or... Uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender, um, but other people did, you know, uh, you know, and, um, and and so yeah, um, so this hashtag starts though because their Netflix is in, currently developing an Avatar live action movie. That Avatar, The Last Amber- Airbender, was a Nickelodeon cartoon, and it it had one movie that came out that. Uh, Let's just say that um, it was not well received. Yeah. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, that M. Night Shyamalan was the uh, director and he might not have been the greatest choice for this type of movie, you know, um, that he might have tried to do uh, things that uh, nobody cared to see, you know, on, yeah. on screen. Did you watch that? Winter. Uh, I watched some of it. I, I didn't survive at all. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll be happy to say. I didn't. Give, I didn't uh, give it a chance. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. Uh, plus, again, I was never really like an Avatar fan, so I was like, there was really, I, I didn't care either way. Yeah. Um. And so, anyways, um, so let let me read a little bit here. Uh, the last Airbender creators. Uh, and, and what happened is, is basically there was a rift between the the creators of this new live action Avatar. Uh, movie live action movie and Netflix, right? Uh, that uh, the the creators of um, of the live action, uh, Michael um, D uh, Martino and Brian Conitzko, uh, Conitzko, there you go, uh, exited uh, Netflix's upcoming live action adaption. Uh, the creators made statements along with Netflix, stating creative differences. Um, Basically, it came down to like kind of like a handful of things why they walked away from the project. Uh, yeah. One of the reasons is that they wanted a bigger budget for the project. And if you do one of these things, like Avatar has like a lot of like outlandish shit in it. Like yeah. you've got like a flying, I don't even know what the fuck to call it. Like it's like a, it's not even a dragon. It's just like a flying, like it looks like one of those things from the, the, um, uh, what's it called? Where the wild things are? Mm-hmm. Looks like one of yeah, those just like things. one of those like like, like weird like, creatures. Yeah. It's not like a dragon, not like a dog. I don't but know like the fuck something it is. In I'm sure I'll get blasted in the yeah. comment section about you don't know what it is. Yeah. Um. But in any event, uh, you've got and you a need budget dog. to like have to you know to be able to pay for the digital effects to make that look halfway mm-hmm. decent. Yeah, not to mention with all like the shit that they do, you know, if you're a fucking airbending, you, I mean, what good is the last airbender if like, yeah. the shit looks like the gust? <laughs> he never really bends the air, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? Or if like someone has water somebody's powers like, and it's just like, like blowing, you know, off screen. And you can hear the, the, the wind blower, the fan or whatever in the background and like the water powers to somebody with a bucket, like splash. <laughs> splash. Yeah. They're just playing Cardi B song WAP in the background, <laughs> like this works. Like, There's some hose in the house. Yeah. Like, wait, wait. Why is that on the soundtrack <laughs> in the trailer? <laughs> oh shit! Um, so so yeah, of course they wanted a bigger budget, uh, and then uh, Netflix also wanted some things that they just the creators apparently didn't like care to do. Right? Like uh, they they <laughs> Netflix really wanted to white it up. You know, let's hey let's let's get some whiteness in here. You know, let's let's bring some white people on to. You know, mix up that casting a little yeah. bit, you know. Uh, by that, we mean just fill it out with basically all white yeah, people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because that was actually one of the knocks on the uh, on the M. Night Shyamalan movie was that, it, you know, it basically had all these white actors playing 
or would otherwise be, um, you know, uh, well, Asian people, or at least uh, in some cases, like uh, Inuit people. Um, and so, you know, uh, so, so these room and, and by the way, this is all from sources that aren't like super verified. Yeah, like just, Netflix didn't uh, come out and, and yeah, that, it is. Know, yeah, yeah, of course it is. not. <laughs> like, Netflix didn't come out and be like, yeah, I mean, we looked at some of the auditions and we were like, mm. Yeah, we just thought there weren't <laughs> enough white people. There always <laughs> yeah. should be at least 70% yeah, could white you imagine, people. Yo, that would be literally the end of Netflix yeah. if, uh, if they ever came out saying like that. But um, Hulu would be like, yo, run the story. <laughs> Hulu would buy front page ads in every newspaper in the country. <laughs> Oh, blasting Netflix. Well, Hulu and Amazon Prime would go in on. Oh some yeah, sort of Jeff like, Bezos front right, let's do front it, page Washington Post. <laughs> of course. Um, so uh, so yeah, so so they they basically had that out uh, as far as you know not being on the same page as, as far as that goes. So that's why the creators stepped away from it. Um, and and then it turns out also that Netflix also wanted to. Uh, basically make this more of like a more of like the R-rated flavor of um, uh, of filmmaking versus like you know something that was like aimed towards kids. Like yeah. they wanted more sex, they wanted more violence, blood, sex, all nudity, that shit. violence, all yeah. of my favorite. Let's things. do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so here's and so this is where we get to kind of the conflict of what I feel about this story. Because I saw this trending and I was like, all right. This is an interesting thing to talk about because I'm not sure exactly where I come down on this. Uh, not so much for the white actors part. Like, yeah, they can piss off in terms of just casting in an all like white cast uh, for this, right? But um, I don't know how I feel about, and this is why I think it's important that I'm not a big fan of the show, right? Because, uh, bless you, uh, because you're not biased towards yeah like i don't i don't really have any sort of like nostalgia for the original cartoon so it's hard for me to be like oh well because th there's some shit that i am that way about like oh god what was it it was something like damn and i can't specifically remember what it was but it was like something like where oh i know exactly what it was it was game of thrones and mm -hmm. you might think that's a that's a weird thought to have that of course there's a lot of fucking nudity it's all game of thrones is yeah. nudity, a nudity, nudity and, and violence. sex and violence yeah <laughs> um but uh, it was it was Arya specifically mm -hmm. where they showed her uh, basically she was about to have sex with Gendry. Right. Uh, and I was like, I don't want to see any of this. Like, yeah. I don't show me any of that. Yeah. I don't wanna, this is season eight, like, like episode six or yeah. something like that. You're like, no, like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see Arya having sex with anybody. That's weird. You know, um, so so I, I get the feeling I just don't have it with Avatar. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah, bring on the already because I, I I always feel like that's that's an easy way to make it like immediately better than what it would have been, you know? Because yeah. it's like when you it's so hard to make like kind of like a ch children's film, like especially like live action, like work, yeah. you know? Because it's like how do you do it without being too like and and I guess it's it's like a difference of like maybe it, it's not marketed towards people like me. It's marketed more towards kids but also this movie came out back or the the show came back out back in 2005 like i think it had a couple of other series past yeah that, but came out all the way back in 2005 so it's like i mean who's still watching avatar like i know I a few know. people surprisingly but so yeah. he, here's one of the things that's um that's true when it comes to like any type of anime right it's because like anime you know it's 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 a cartoon right it's it's that style of of 
show. I don't even know how to fucking describe it. It's it's more of like a cartoon. It's sure. not not real characters. It's not live action. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to disassociate the violence that you're seeing, mm-hmm. right? Um, and in and again, I've seen like maybe two or three episodes of Airbender. I recently watched all of episode one i tried to get into it after episode one i just couldn't but over the over the years i've seen maybe like two or three episodes Mm -hmm. the show uh the cartoon the anime it's it has a lot of violence in it there's a lot of fights it's all about the war between the different clans right um so a live action film it, it would be hard to tone down that live action and still make the story good yeah the only way to make it like really really good is to you know take the violence up a notch right and you got to do that with like both like the violence the battles and like the digital effects right um so going with a more like r-rated version of this would probably make for a better movie uh so i don't see what the knock is there on the people who were like our age in high school that Mm -hmm. like started uh uh, avatar in high school and are now adults and they have like Mm a maybe a bigger appetite for that type of stuff Mm -hmm. like if you're my age if you're like 30 and you're watching this like what is your knock against just a little bit more violence well i think it's again like it's a nostalgia of it all you remember these characters for like who they were not for whoever like you know the director is going to make them to be whatever the writer is going to make them to be it's like basically saying like it's like what if like superman like instead of being you know the the uh, boy scout you know what if he's you know this brooding hipster and you're just like well, that's not yeah. superman like what the fuck like, or, <laughs> or if he was beating lois and it's like <laughs> whoa clark <laughs> what's happening here clark? Yeah. what the fuck i didn't sign up for this that's domestic <laughs> violence <laughs> You can't like, do that. You can't even call the cops on yeah. you. Like, what do you? Who happening? do you call against Superman? It's like, well, <laughs> my neighbor Clark. Who? Mm, line is dead. Like, wait, are you there? <laughs> oh, but yeah, you can, we we don't want that. But I mean, you could you can bump up. Like, you could just make it more mature. Yeah, but but I think again, that, I think that's why the, the the people who are basically like hashtag cancel this shit is like that's what they're saying is is like you're fundamentally changing the thing that like we loved for, in favor of just like because that that's not it's not a like fucking like unusual thing to take something that was previously like meant for kids and like gin it up you know to yeah. to to be more tailor fit towards like an adult audience you know um and they even went as far as like to say like okay they wanted to age up the kids so the kids on the show Mm -hmm. um so that they can get away with doing nudity and violence and all this other stuff without you know having to deal with any of those pesky you know child laws yeah yeah (laughs) and i wonder what the limit is it's like oh well we can't have 12 year olds having sex but we can show nudity if they're 13. Like, yeah, I don't, like, I don't, what, I don't even know. What are the laws you, there? I don't even want to guesstimate what the fuck that is. <laughs> well, like, well, Hollywood's already I guess we've place. got a film in West Virginia. <laughs> there are no laws <laughs> or there. Or just in Hollywood, <laughs> <laughs> apparently. Uh, but uh, yeah, Hollywood's already a weird place. I don't even want to fucking think about like all the weird shit, that, all the weird reasons why they're, they're looking for shit like this. But the one other thing that I actually really did want to talk about was uh, the fact that, you know, Netflix is saying like, oh, hey, like, you know, we want, you know, these characters to look more white, you know, mm-hmm. and so like, let's get some white people in here. Uh, and, I, and I think to be fair, and here's a best possible like advance to Netflix. I don't think, it, at least from what I could tell, they weren't saying like, we're definitely going to cast somebody white. They were just saying, we want to bring in some white actors and actresses. Now, I don't know if that's just like a, yeah, we're definitely going to go with these guys. Or yeah. if it's like, I don't know, we just want more people. If you're, if you're thinking the worst of Netflix, then you're probably like, yeah, like they're just 
yeah. trying to just do Let's that. have Tom Holland yeah. play the character <laughs> yeah. from He's Central right Asia. <laughs> um, okay, so, but this is this goes to my whole thing with just, like, and I don't even know, can Avatar be considered an anime? Like, given that it doesn't actually, like, originate, it actually wasn't, cre- it's created by, like, two white dudes from, you know, from, from America. So it's yeah. not, like, you know, it's not, like, a Japanese anime. Yeah, it's, I think... I think Avatar still qualifies as an anime based mm-hmm. off of the style of art, um, the content, and the, like you know the content, the storyline, the, the and the style of art. I think it qualifies as an anime in that sense. Yeah. Um, okay, but but it has characters who are Asian, and uh, because again, I I actually just started watching the series, mm-hmm. uh, uh, kind of for this, but then also just to like see what the because I'm, I'm also going to go back. I never watched Naruto, so I'm going to go back and watch Naruto just to see what the fuck I missed, right? Yeah. Um, and so, um, and so, what? I, but what I notice is that, like, I don't care what anybody says. These characters, most of them look white. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they have white features. And, and I'm not talking about the, you know, the M. Night Shyamalan uh, tragedy of a movie. I'm, I'm talking about the actual, like, cartoon. Yeah. Um, was, uh, it, a lot of the characters just look, like just your typical just like tan white, white people. people yeah, yeah. Just like tan at least uh, sometimes uh, tan white people uh but and it was just like well you know i don't know how many asian people have you know blue eyes or you know like and it seemed but but what it got me thinking was that like uh in a lot of animes a lot of the characters have uh what are i guess traditionally like uh caucasian features you yeah know? i mean all of the all of my favorite animes yeah. are like Japanese animes that are start, that the characters are white people. Mm-hmm. Cowboy Bebop, um, uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, Dragon Ball Z, Seven Deadly Sins, One Punch Man. I mean, the list goes on. These Asian uh, or these Japanese animes are always you know feature starring white people. Uh, Dragon well, Ball I, Z. I don't know if they're supposed to be white though, right? Like so so like Goku wasn't supposed to be white or I guess well, he's technically well, I mean, supposed it, to be human. It, but His skin was white. All of his like facial features were yeah, white. But, but I think that's the strange thing that I'm saying is that it's essentially it's taking place in wherever like Japan or yeah. wherever but the characters like all basically look white. Yeah. And so it's just it's very it's a very confusing. Yeah. And scenario. Dragon Ball Z leans into that super hard because yeah. it's like when they go Super Saiyan, what happens then? Yeah. Blonde then now they have blonde hair eyes. and blue eyes, right? I, I this is always a point of conflict. Is it green or blue eyes? I feel like it's for a me teal. it was blue. It's like a teal. It's a teal color uh, for the eyes. You ever seen a uh, Asian man or woman with like blonde hair and and uh, teal colored eyes? No. But like I've seen yeah. <laughs> a lot of white people with blonde hair, like yeah. blue or hazel eyes, whatever. Yeah. Um, so either way, they kind of got even more white, right? They went yeah. from having the black hair to like the blonde hair. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's a very true and real thing in Japanese anime. So was Netflix completely out of bounds for saying, hey, maybe we'll bring in some like white people just like in the cartoons you guys made? Um, and then people are like, whoa. Yeah. You know, imagine if Goku, if they cast like... Uh, you know, a Japanese Goku. People, I think people would be like, well... You know. No, no, I don't think anybody would really say anything then. You don't I, think I, so? I genuinely don't think so. Because I they, they would did be like, say, well, like, well, we know Goku. Well, so they came, we know it's a Japanese anime, but Goku wasn't Japanese. Well, we have evidence of this, right? Like, when they came out with the Dragon Ball Z movie, uh, or Dragon Ball movie, um, the dude Justin, I can't remember his name. I remember his first name was like Justin something. But, um, at least I think that's what it was. He played Goku, and he's just like a, he's just like a white dude, right? Um, and... 
everybody's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. this doesn't look like Goku, you know? Like, this isn't, this isn't, and, and like, obviously, like, the entire movie And the movie sucks, yeah, yeah, so I think. Uh, and, you know, generally speaking, all of these anime movies that get turned into movies, they generally suck as movies. But, um, but I, I think that if you did cast somebody who uh, was Asian and, you know, had all the features, you know, uh, uh, like Asian features, uh, I don't think you would really get like any pushback because it's like, yeah, it's Dragon Ball Z, duh. Like, you know, and, and but it's like a, a, such a weird thing to think about of like, well, yeah, Goku didn't really look Asian, so yeah. to speak. Uh, but, then, but then that also throws into a tailspin of like, okay, well, maybe we're being a little biased in terms of like, okay, th- these are what, you know, Asian features should look like or whatever. This yeah. is what makes sense to us for what Asian people should. It's like, well, no, because Asian people, <laughs> it's not like a fucking one set thing, just like for black people, just like for, you know, Hispanic people, like anybody. It's yeah. not just like one thing. So it's just like, I don't know. It's a very complicated thing. But I think, yeah, Netflix needs to, Netflix needs to do some PR control. Yeah, Netflix needs to, to clean that up a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Let's, let's clarify the yeah. what, what the comments actually were and like what the intent was. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, uh, let us know in the comment section below. What, what do you think about this, uh, you know, this this um, this live action version of Avatar? If you're a huge fan of the show, let us know. Drop a drop a comment in the uh, the comment section below. Um, talk to us. Let us know if you're looking forward to it. If you're not, if you think they're going to fuck it up. If uh, They're going to fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, they might do that in more than one way, but uh, <laughs> we're going to move on here to our uh, to our next uh, story here. If I can simply get my mouse to start working, um, but uh, but yeah, um, we are going to talk about uh, an episode of Blackish. Uh, now, this is a strange situation because uh, this was something that I wasn't actually like uh, that I didn't even really know about uh, when it apparently when it first happened. Um, and so, uh, and so, yeah, anyways, uh, it, apparently there was an episode of Blackish, uh, which is an ABC show, uh, you know, starring, um, uh, Anthony Anderson, Anthony Anderson. uh, Tracy Ellis yep. Ross, um, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was created by Kenya Barris. Kenya Barris. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and so it's been a long running ABC show, uh, in, I believe it's, third season which was like two three years ago right uh back in 2018 i believe uh there there was an episode called please baby please which uh you know they shot the episode it was approved by the time that it was because every step of the way basically the studio uh, has to like sign off on on an episode of any show right yeah because like, the there are costs like, associated right, with it their yeah, schedules the exactly yep. they, they have to clear all that right and so they clear this episode uh, and they shoot the episode. But then in like the fucking fourth quarter with two minutes left to go, they fucking, you know, they, they pull the starting quarterback out of the game. You know, yeah. They basically shelved the episode because uh, because they were like, oh, it's too controversial um, is essentially what their what the the idea was. Uh, and so uh, and, and, and this was such a weird situation to the point where it actually caused Kenya Barris to leave uh abc or i guess uh it disney would be, it would be disney mm-hmm. um it caused him to leave disney uh in favor of netflix now he did get the bag from Netflix, Super so bag. he's not doing too bad yeah. right so don't feel don't shed any tears for kenya right he actually um, came up yeah he, <laughs> yeah he came he came up on a serious bag so uh, you know he, he he's doing okay um but uh but that that's how kind of like contentious this this thing was and so um so what happened is is that 
after all of these, you know, George Floyd, uh, all these protests that are going on, well, now ABC decides, hey, it's as good as time as any to release this episode. And so apparently the one of the reasons why that, uh, or, or I guess the, the going reason for why they shelved the episode was because um, the episode... It was essentially Dre. Uh, so Anthony Anderson plays Dre on the show. He's the uh, the father in, in the family. Yep. Um, and he's reading, uh, or he's yeah, he's reading a bedtime story to his uh, newly born uh, son. Uh, and so uh, and so, it basically the the bedtime story he's reading is essentially talking about. Uh, and I, it was actually a story. Uh, I think it was the, the actual story he's reading is. Um, Please, baby, please. By I think Spike Lee, and, I, and it was co-written. I think also by somebody else as well. Uh, but it actually, you know, has to do with like Trump uh, and about you know basically the time period that we're currently in. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, that's the reason why the episode was pulled was because it spoke basically specifically about Trump and is a pretty anti-Trump episode. Yeah, uh, and had all, a lot of anti-Trump like rhetoric in it. Uh, and then it also, you know bigged up uh, uh barack obama um uh and, and so apparently it was that reason why abc pulled the pulled the episode um and so i went back and i watched it and i and i watched the episode please baby please <sighs> abc fucked up abc what, fucked up was it a great episode that's the sad part it wasn't even like it was any different than any other blackish episode yeah that's the like that's the mind there were maybe like part two of minutes it. of of no no it, 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 there's no doubt about it that the, the episode was like basically balls to the wall fuck trump yeah and and, and also they talked about kaepernick uh there's like two three minutes about kaepernick gotcha about like oh like so uh uh andre jr who's you know dre's son um his first son um is he's debating on whether he should, you know, how he feels about the kneeling. And, yeah. it, and he doesn't necessarily come down on the, oh, well, I'm with the kneeling. He actually, it's more about like, oh, like, I don't know how I feel about it. You know, I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. Right. Yeah. Uh, but they, but they try to like hash it out, you know, about going through the pros and cons of it all. Right. Uh, so, um, so, but for anybody who watches Blackish, any episode of Blackish, you know that they don't, they don't shy away from, weird topics and not even weird topics but like controversial topics you know especially in this time period that they that we've been in they the abc even replayed episodes uh that they've already released of yeah. you know them talking about protesting them talking about um um uh, police brutality all those things right like really sort of like to the bone stuff and this was before you know they came out with these episodes before the current climate we're yeah because this was know? from like two years ago right exactly yeah, yeah. Um, so i'm sorry no i was saying it sounds like what abc did you know two years ago when they made this, the decision to shelve this episode was they were trying not to offend an audience in which this show is not even really designed for right mm-hmm. they were like you know our republican trump supporting uh hulu uh subscribers and viewers like we don't want to offend them even though they're probably not watching this show well so that's that's actually the weirdly the interesting thing about the show is i actually really think it actually is a show that actually is meant for people who like aren't like who may be like okay republicans or whatever it's 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 like a show that tries to put it things in a context that is just like 
oh, okay, that doesn't seem unreasonable. Sure, either. but let's be real. How, do you think your your Fox News watching, you know, forty five year old white suburban housewife is watching black they might in the basement like let's see what they're up to fuck that <laughs> let me turn it down a little bit um but you know again it, for the most part right like certain shows are designed for certain audiences certain demographics i don't think this show is, is speaking to um the demo like you know the trump supporting demographic right but mm -hmm. i think hulu tried to make a decision here and say hey well we don't want to offend that audience because they're still subscribers of our network right and now they realize that okay here's an opportune time to like undo a bad decision that we made and try and spin it to make it look like we're trying to be uh you know we're trying to be a part of the conversation mm -hmm. so they're like hey you know we did this shitty thing before but now hey look look like we're releasing the episode you can go and watch it you know we're a part of this like social justice movement we want to be on the right side of this um I mean, you got to be careful of the companies that you're spending your money with, you're spending your time with, and the decisions that they're making now versus some of the decisions that they've made in the past. 100%. And, um, I, and I think that that's what I've been trying to stress <clears throat> in this, like, forget tweets, forget the, you know, hashtag Black Lives Matter, forget all that that they're putting out, right? Look at historically what they've done mm -hmm. and also look at, like, the heart of what they're doing, meaning that, like, are they actually instituting any actual change to their companies or trying to enact any real change outside of their companies, right? Like, there's one thing to have the rhetoric, rhetoric of it, of, of talking like, oh, yeah, we're about this, we're about that. Then there's the other side of it of actually doing the shit, right? Um, and so ABC is kind of showing their stripes or ABC or for the more Disney is showing their stripes here. But the very interesting thing, and this, this is not from, clearly not from me, but uh, this is from Vanity Fair. But they point something out that's very fucking key in the situation. Back in 2018, if we all remember, uh, Disney was in the process of trying to acquire 21st Century Fox, which needed to get approved by the Justice Department. Now, if they release an episode that's blatantly like, fuck Trump. Yeah. That might not mm, be so easy yeah. to fucking get. Yeah. You know, because Trump is just that petty where he'd see the episode and be like, nah, fuck that shit. Kill yeah. that. You know? Yeah. Kill the deal. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and so that actually might be the politics behind it of mm -hmm. like, okay, like maybe they were just trying to kind of play the game and, and trying to make sure that that deal went through smoothly, which is why they pulled the episode. But then I think that that points to, that points to the inherent problem in all of this, which is how can you get past the idea of like, and I feel like maybe this is the, the wrong word to use in this case, but maybe it's the right, I don't know. But how can you get past greed? Because I think that's going to be at the heart of all of the all of the conversations about, you know, equality, whatever it is that you want to talk about, or people even just like voicing like, hey, here's how we actually feel about any particular situation, right? Kenny Barris and the rest of the team with uh, Blackish from day one, it, it seems like they've been given basically a, a ticket to be like, all right, you know, you guys kind of do what you do. And I'm sure that they fought behind the scenes to do some other shit that they wanted yeah. to do that they didn't get to do. Um, but it seems like for the most part that they've gotten a chance to like say shit that is just like, okay, this isn't commonly said on like network TV. Yeah. Um, but when you really start pushing some buttons and you really start fucking up people's money, mm -hmm. that's when people are like, oh, oof. I don't know. Should we say this? Should we release the episode? I don't know. Yeah. You know, once they know that it actually might affect 
them directly and specifically with their pockets. And it's like, well, how do you how do you get around that? You know, and I don't know if it's that's not an answer. Clearly, we're not gonna, <laughs> we're not going to get to the answer of that here on this podcast. But I think that is at the heart of all of these issues that we're having in, in society is, you know, you have people who who have things and have access to things uh, as far as like money, uh, as far as opportunities, all those things. But when you when you start fucking up that opportunity and that money, that's when it becomes like, yeah, I mean, mean, black lives really matter. Yeah. The hard truth is that like there is. Unfortunately, a lot of these companies, right, are not going to be willing to go through like some massive necessary like internal overhauls that they need unless there's like a financial incentive. Um, So I was looking at the story earlier about the the Redskins. They appointed former Cardinals running back. um, His name is uh, uh, Jason Wright. They appointed him uh, president of like football operations, right? right? Yeah. Which makes him the first African American president of uh, any any football team in the NFL in NFL history, right? Yeah. So it's like a huge moment. Now, do I think that uh, the now Washington football team, no longer the Redskins, would be doing this? If they weren't in the predicament that they're currently in, as as much as I'm proud of this guy for being appointed to this position, I'm happy that he's in this position and I wish him uh, the utmost success. Um, And I do think he deserved the position, right? I don't think Netflix would have, I'm sorry, not Netflix. I don't think the Washington football team would have made this decision if they were in a different circumstance, right? If, you know. Uh, people didn't put pressure on FedEx and Nike to stop sponsoring the Redskins. And then when the Redskins saw that, hey, we're going to lose billions of dollars if FedEx and Nike stop their relationship with us. Okay, fine. We'll drop the long-standing, super racist uh, Redskins name and logo. And uh, you know we'll go through those changes and we're going to try and be uh, uh, socially sensitive, right? Um, you know, that, that's that's what happened here with the, with the Hulu thing too. It's, it's like... They're like, uh, this, this is season. fucking up our money. We might lose out on this deal if we air this episode. Um, and so we're going to cap or we're going to uh, uh, censor your creativity because it's fucking with our financial gain. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, at a time when it's more convenient for us, then mm-hmm. we're going to try and spin that and we're going to try and make it look like we're just doing the right thing now. And exactly. maybe we've learned from our lessons and we want to be on the right side of the story. And, and that's actually what I hate about where we, we sort of sit at right now with uh with societies is that um now it's in vogue right so now it's trendy oh, yeah hashtag black lives matter you know i'm with it you know yeah. I'm, I'm hip i'm jiggy you know uh and it's just like i mean you are when it's in vogue but a year from now two years from now three years from now four years from now yeah or four years ago yeah or four, you know? four years ago um you know if you, if you want to look to see uh what somebody's likely to do well Look at their past, right? Mm-hmm. Like that. That's the kind of the easier way to tell. It's not a hundred percent, you know, solidify that. Yeah, you can predict what's going, what they're going to do based off of what they've done, because people are capable at times of changing. Yeah. We're not necessarily dealing with people here. We're dealing with corporations, which have you know board members, which have, uh, um, uh, uh, which have um, stakeholders. Stakeholders. And, and, I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't yeah. know why I fucking blanked on the easy <laughs> thing to say. Um, but yeah, which have stakeholders, which have people that uh, that are looking for money, you know, uh, and, you know, they need whatever it is, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, doing um, whether it's it's not talking about these sort of uh, socially relevant issues and just kind of, 
you know, staring ahead as if like nothing else is happening, you know, in the world, um, then they're like, yeah, just do that. You know, don't fuck up the money for for, for all of us. And, and I think, again, th- therein lies the issue with um, with the, the whole scenario of this change or this movement, right? Is, is that once you start fucking up people's money, well, okay, now we're talking about a different game. You know? Yeah. And so, so yeah. So I'm glad they they released the episode, but also it's kind of like, and, and quite honestly, you know, and, you know, uh, and for anybody who's listening to this, go out and watch it. And if you're even remotely familiar with Blackish, you'll be like, I have no understanding of why they, yeah. why they wouldn't release this episode in the first place. Yeah. It is no more. Nothing crazy was said. They just were they being just overly sensitive yeah. to it at the time because it could, it could affect a business deal, mm-hmm. which is, you know, just a <laughs> shitty reason to to censor someone's creativity because it's like, uh, let, let me get this. Let me, I'm going to wait till the check clears first. And then you can be, <laughs> and go, yeah. they go be nice and creative. The direct deposit in. Yeah. Go. Oh, release it. Okay, good. Do whatever you want. Now. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's move forward here with our, um, with our, our, our next story. Uh, so we, uh, we got in word this past week, uh, that, um, that AMC will definitively, uh, be opening its doors uh, on uh, eight twenty, um, and so uh, we return to the theaters, uh, as as one might say. Um, except for not I, uh, maybe for Tenant. I don't know. We'll see. I, I've yet to come down exactly where I'll uh, where where I'll be for that. And also, to you know, half the world's basically going to see Tenant before <laughs> before America does. So yeah. it's kind of like, all right, maybe we missed the missed the boat on that one. But um, but. Uh, so, but th- there, this is the centennial year for, uh, for AMC. So AMC is actually technically turning a hundred uh, okay. years old, uh, in 2020. So because of that, they are returning ticket prices to what they were back then, which was 15 cents. So that's how much, uh, these films are, uh, going to cost to, uh, to get into. I'll, I'll read directly here from, uh, from business wire, uh, as part of AMC's centennial celebration, all AMC uh, U.S. theater locations that open on August 20 uh, will offer all available seats for all movies that day for the 1920s uh, admission price of 20 cents uh, each. Uh, while, uh, but basically, they're, they're like that doesn't they're going to limit the amount of seats because you know they're not yeah. crazy, but. Um, uh, but all the seats that are available, they're going to offer for 15 cents. Um, and so AMC will resume theater operations at more than 100 U.S. locations on uh, on the 20th, August 20th. Uh, approximately 300 additional AMC locations around the country are expected to open during the following two weeks, leading to the release of Disney's uh, The New Mutants uh, on August 28th and Warner Brothers Tenant on September 3rd. Uh, AMC Safe and Clean developed uh, under close uh, cooperation with public health and safety experts to uh, stringently enforce uh, all those sort of, you know, cleaning, whatever they're going to do um, at basically all of their theaters. So, so yeah. Um, so great story, yeah. right? A hundred years later, we're going to, we're going to go back to our Isn't roots. Isn't this a crazy ass hundred year? Like they're like, yo, we're gearing up for a hundred years. Yo, yeah. We won't be here. This is the worst. <laughs> yeah. Like at least when the NFL turned hundred, I believe it was in twenty nineteen. It was twenty nineteen. Yeah, they uh, just you know, hey, missed listen, it. Twenty nineteen. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember twenty nineteen. I remember it. I miss it very much. It was a good year. Mm. You know, uh, it, it was a year. It was a year. Yeah, I mean, compared um, to twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty nineteen was the shit. <laughs> That's very true. So <laughs> they're turning a hundred, um, going back to their roots. But I think this is also uh, you know a bit of 
when you got a lot of money, you spend more money mm-hmm. and you learn to like live with that, right? Within those means, right? If you're making $100,000 a year, you're living a $100,000 a year lifestyle. Mm-hmm. When, the, uh, when, when COVID-19 happens and you got to shut down business and now you're making $20,000 a year, you eventually learn to live on $20,000 a year, right? Perhaps. So AMC... Was like, yeah, we were making bread. We were getting, we were selling tickets. We were selling popcorn. You know, you had to get it from us. If you yeah. wanted the new shit, you came to us. <laughs> then they shut down all theaters. They're like, please <laughs> come back. Like, yeah. we miss you very much. <laughs> Writing you letters and yeah. shit. Like, <laughs> sending please. you t- text messages, AMC, like, hey, big hand, <laughs> you up? <laughs> So now they're like, listen, no AMC, I'm not 15 up. cents. <laughs> Please come and see a movie. Please yeah. fucking show up. Um, um, yeah. But, you know, again, it's, it's a great story. Right. But I think at the end of the day, this is like this. It's a, it's a timely uh, uh, proper campaign that they could run right now. It ties into their hundredth year. Um, and it's 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 a, a soft commitment or it's a soft uh campaign to see what the appetite is for people to return mm-hmm. like hey yeah we're 15 cents just come check it out you know see how comfortable you feel and maybe from there we can gauge what the appetite is for people actually returning to the theaters yeah i actually wanted to look this up before we started but uh but i didn't get a chance to but i wanted to see how long this is actually going to last because i highly doubt this is not going to last until like what the 15 and, cents thing yeah the 15 cents uh, i thought it was just for the day uh well that would be silly because literally they're not showing anything worth seeing until like the 21st no. which is okay know, oh well i mean day. even if they do and here's what they might do they may just like uh say oh it's a one-day thing and then like uh, the next week oh shit we're gonna continue this we had such great success with it which will which really just means no one showed up so we've got to continue this thing yeah um but yeah, yeah maybe so maybe they're being a little mum on it because they're like uh well let's see how it goes first yeah, and then yeah. you know and then if they come back in droves art we'll hike those prices right yeah back it's up. like when uh big burger king dropped the the junior whopper you're like <laughs> it was like 20 years ago they're like for a limited time only you can get the ju- the, the junior whopper at burger king <laughs> 20 years later they're like for a limited time only <laughs> It's like Burger King. You've been running these commercials for twenty years. It's not for a limited time. It's forever. Just keep it on the menu. It's not the McRib. Uh, first off, um, uh, but uh, but okay. I thought this was a good opportunity to talk about uh, some of the movies that are actually like what the actual schedule is going to be for movies um, coming up. Uh, and so on the twenty first, we get Unhinged, which is the uh, Russell Crowe movie that um, precisely nobody's going to try to watch because you know why try to risk your life for. Russell Crowe for for a movie about road rage. Yeah, with a with a plus size uh, Russell Crowe. Yeah, feels like that's not a not, not <laughs> that's sexy. not a good look. Um, so uh, then you have Train to uh, Busan um, or Busan. I, I I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, but uh, presents uh, Peninsula. And then you have uh, Cutthroat City, uh, Words of Bathroom Walls, and then uh, Inception will be returning to theaters for its tenth anniversary um, uh, event. Uh, which uh, is interesting because they're technically, or not technically, but um, people are saying that Tenet is somehow in the Inception like universe that they're somehow sort of linked. Yeah, uh, which is an interesting thing, and and you know uh, Christopher Nolan is is kind of feeding into those rumors by having you know or Christopher Nolan and I guess Warner Brothers in this case are showing it again in theaters are showing it in theaters so it's like maybe there means a wink and a nod to maybe the fact that it is um but uh on 
August 28th, uh, uh, next week, um, we get New Mutants, uh, mm-hmm. which I guarantee you people are going to want to go watch uh, that, you know, this movie has been in the pipeline for forever. And so, you know, I, and then also, too, it's going to be like the first movie that like, you know, it's so ironic. Uh, Christopher Nolan thought he was going to be the one to welcome everybody back to theaters with Tenet and it's going yeah. to be this big. And it's like, no, let's like New Mutants, uh, X-Men spinoff that is definitely going to be a one off shoot. Nobody should really uh, like want to see this ordinarily. It yeah. should be kind of just like, a, all right, let's just get this out of the way so pe- they can like introduce people into like the the Marvel Universe. Did you see when they released the first two minutes of New, uh, yeah, New Mutants? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said you saw it? Yeah, it's really good. Underwhelming. Really? For you? Like, there's nothing about this movie that makes me like would even remotely want to go to a theater and sit down and watch. Yeah, it. I'm not confident that I feel good about going out to the theater to watch this. Oh. Uh, yeah. So, but anyways, um, <laughs> and then of all things, you have personal history of David Copperfield, which also uh, premieres on the Ballsy. Yeah, that needs uh, to be pushed straight to the. <laughs> uh, and then uh, on September 3rd, we have Tenant, which comes out, uh, uh, and I think. It, at that point, it's already been released internationally. Yeah, uh, I want to say, um, and then on uh, the uh, September eighteenth, we have the Kingsman uh, along with War with Grandpa, which the Kingsman is, I think, the prequel is supposed to be, uh, I guess, to uh, to uh, the Kingsman, which is um, uh, or the Kingsman. Uh, I'm getting this wrong. The King's Man is a prequel to Kingsman, which mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, the, like tells the story of the uh, the first Kingsman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, then we have again War with Grandpa, which comes out on the 18th. So you know, good luck to Robert De Niro. You know, uh, like I said, he got paid up front, so you know <laughs> he's good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, we're back. Yeah, so at least for the time being, when Tenet comes out, like mm-hmm. right, right now today. If they start selling tickets yeah. for September 3rd to see Tenet, would you buy a ticket? Non-refundable. I'd buy the ticket. I'd buy the ticket not knowing if I'd actually go through with it or not. Yeah. I'd, but I, like, because I don't, one thing I, you know, obviously there's going to be $20 tickets, IMAX only. Yeah. And you'd I'd have buy, to buy two for you, for you and your lady, of course. Uh, I mean, she might not want to go see it, so I might look yeah. out there. I don't know. <laughs> but you'd buy like a $20 non-refundable ticket today, just in case. I, I think I'd have to. I, okay. I think I wouldn't be doing my due diligence for the podcast, for all the shit, if I just was like, nah, I'll see that on VOD. Because, yeah. you know, who knows when it's going to, it's going to, three months from now, it's going to come out on VOD. Um, and so, and, and also those seats are going clearly going to be limited. So it's like, I'd rather not risk it, I guess, yeah. and buy it and just be like, all right, I'll make that call. Let me, let me hear how those first, how that first two weeks goes. Because I think it's like, yeah, it's, I think it's two weeks before. If there was ever a time for the the bootleg DVD man who used to sell at the barber shops to come well, so, back, so but this is this is what the problem though is is that it's being released internationally. So you're when you say the bootleg man, that is actually some real shit because it's going to clearly it's going to be pirated like a motherfucker before the movie actually comes out in theaters. I need that link. <laughs> Listen, I love and respect Christopher Nolan and everything he's doing, but. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to the theaters to see Tenet in September, so I need that link. There you uh, go. If you're a fan of the Fade podcast, be sure to drop <laughs> that link <laughs> in our direct messages. Yeah. Uh, well, then, yeah, d- direct messages because they if you posted it, <laughs> yeah. they, they might try to find you. I don't know. Uh, so, so yeah, we're 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 back to the theaters with AMC. 
Um, we'll see how long this lasts. Uh, I, I don't, you know, one thing I've, I'm really interested in, one thing we haven't talked about on this podcast is locally here in Baltimore, what all the theaters are doing, right? Like I, I rode my bike past uh, the Charles the other day mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, fuck, like what's going on with the Charles right now? What kind of shape is the Charles in? You know, because, you know, clearly they've been closed. Yeah. Know, now for, they got into the business of human trafficking. Probably. <laughs> Terribly dark joke. That was, <laughs> but they're using that space for something. Amazon's got packages in there. Uh, drug dealers. That's where all the drugs are being distributed through Baltimore cities right now. Yeah, you'd have to assume. Um, all right, let's uh, let's talk about our next story here. Uh, so uh, we also got this this past week um, uh, a ruling that came down um, about something that we actually talked about on this you know, very podcast uh, previously, which is the uh, Paramount uh, decrees, which uh, to, to very like to save everybody a lot of fucking time. Um, basically, uh, it's it's a court ruling that they came out with with back in, I think, the 1940s uh, that basically made it so that studios couldn't also own theaters mm-hmm. uh, and and. The, what they would call that is is like uh, basically having like a uh, like a vertical system, or basically you have basically all of the aspects of filmmaking you're you basically have control of. So you have control of what movies you produce, um, you know when they get released, uh, 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 what theaters they get shown in, or what gets shown in those theaters. So you, and and then you can do things like packaging, right? Like you can you can make it so that these theaters only show you know, these specific set of movies, right, yeah. that you that you put out so you can guarantee that these movies will get played in theaters, you know, whether or not that anybody cares about them, whether or not that people want to see them, yada, yada. Uh, and so they came out with the rulings back in the 1940s, and it had to do, I think, it was specifically with a case with Paramount, but it actually applied to, you know, a lot of other uh um, studios at the time, you know, I think RKO was still a thing back then, um, which I think got folded into MGM, but I, I can't remember exactly. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, you have you had all these movie theaters uh, or studios that that basically they had to break up that monopoly that yeah. uh, that the studios had. Um, and recently, uh, because of everything that's going on, they revisited the uh, that ruling and basically we we're just like, yeah, we're just going to do away with that, yeah. which makes you know clears the path for studios nowadays to now have ownership of uh, uh, of theaters, um, which is I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I'll, I'll, I'll let you go first before I before I. Uh, yeah. So for anyone who didn't quite follow that, right? Let's just talk. Let's, let's, <laughs> I did a very poor yeah. job of explaining. Let's that. just bring this back down to something we all uh, uh, loosely understand: is like the drug drug sales <laughs> business, right? So basically, what happened now is the Mexican cartel can now control production, logistics, and distribution, mm. right? Um, what that does is it allows you to control the price of the product in the marketplace, right? And you can kind of uh, bottleneck or or at least tighten up the bottleneck a little bit with your competition um, by adjusting your prices and, and delivery of the product, right? Um, this, this is a bit of a game changer, right? Because now I think there's some now like the Amazons of the world, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm Amazon, as soon as this ruling uh, got got sent down, my next step is, all right, what movie theaters and how many can we acquire to start to 
put our uh, our Amazon original films in theaters and how do we do so strategically? How do we package that up, right? Um, We already, Amazon is is this massive machine that can quickly and very easily mobilize and they have billions of dollars to do so, right? Um, But at the same time, if you're Disney, if you're Netflix, if you're Marvel, right? What if Marvel bought a chain of movie theaters and the only way you can see like and like for the first two weeks, if you wanted to see any upcoming new Marvel film or, or show, you had to go to the Marvel movie theater. Mm-hmm. That changes the game in a huge way. Um, I don't know if I see anything wrong with this. I just know that. So where where there's more competition, right? Competition among businesses, among corporations usually benefits the consumer, right? Because it's like, right, we drive down prices, make our products more available, uh, so on and so on. You know, if, if you know, if, if it's just Wendy's and McDonald's, then we got to pay what they say we got to pay, right? But then if you have smaller local burger chains that get into the business now, we have options, prices go down. So either a studio being able to buy a chain or open up a chain of movie theaters is going to drive down prices and make content more accessible, or you have to go certain places to get certain content, or... We as the consumers, we're just gonna have to pay more because now it's gonna be bigger packages. Now you have to buy the package instead of just a just that single product. Yeah, I don't know uh, because I don't, I don't. I'm not convinced that. And you know, they, they came out this last last week, and I think that they kind of like try to get the temperature in the room of like, okay, like, well, who's like chomping at the bit to, you know, perchance own uh, own a theater? Nobody really, you know, nobody's really like looking at it right now. Um, and I think one of the reasons why is because there's actually like a lot of things to consider when you want to purchase a theater, right? Yeah. Like, now you got to worry about staffing. Now you got to worry about leasing, you know, the, the space. Now you got to worry about property taxes. Like, you know, what I mean, like, uh, like all of these things that now become problems, especially when your pockets are tight, which yeah. everybody's like, even fucking Disney right now, right? Even their pockets are tight. They're looking at cutting, you know, divisions and staff and yada, yada, you know, so I don't know if they're in the headspace to think about getting into the theater game, you know, even though that it, in ordinary times, I think this would be, they would jump on this. Like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, you know, to, to do exactly like you said, like, okay, to to see uh, Avengers Endgame, you've got to go to the Marvel's theater to to watch Endgame, you know, which is like, well, what else am I going to do? Like, <laughs> I'm going to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got I to gotta go see it. So I'm going to go there, you know. Um, and so, uh, but, but weirdly enough, I don't think this is much different than, like, um, uh, it, it, because it's the same thing as like, okay, them talking about speeding up the, the, uh, the, um, the window, uh, for movies being in theaters. Yeah. Like you would think that this would be like, oh my God, this is a game changer. It's going to change everything immediately. And it's like, but when you really think about it, it's like, I don't know. I don't know if it is. I don't know if it's a definite thing that it's going to like radically change the whole dynamic of things immediately, because I don't know if this is going to like even if you did put something out in theaters and you can only see unless it's like a really big ticket thing like Avengers Endgame I don't know I'm still going to make whatever decision I was going to make beforehand like meaning that if I was like eh I can wait till that comes out on on yeah. demand and I'm probably going to wait till it comes out on demand like just because it's at a Marvel theater doesn't mean that unless the Marvel theater is like 20 miles away and then it's like yeah I'm definitely not going to go see that yeah. shit like <laughs> I think one of the big things that could happen here is like how it's going to change with like a uh, TV shows or se- uh, series, right? Like, let's say you're watching an Amazon mm. series, right? Mm-hmm. And instead of Amazon uh, just having the series or the season finale, you know, 
on your at home, what if you can go to the theaters and watch it on the big screen, the yeah. series or the season finale, like Game of Thrones? Yeah. Like what if HBO like owned the theater and you yeah. could go watch that? Like what if what if Netflix yeah. bought a, f- a few movie theaters and like you know season the new season of Ozarks, right? Episode one, you can go to the theaters to see it. You just pay like nine ninety nine extra or something like that. Would I do that? Maybe if I could go see it with all my friends on the big screen. So I think that you speak very, this is because this is kind of what my thought was, was that that's who could benefit from it the most. Netflix has pretty much got the game locked down as far as like streaming goes, right? Like, and what's crazy is, is that they've moved away from getting other people shit and they've shifted to more having their own shit. Um and I think maybe what's missing from their sort of repertoire is is, is making something an event, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, they have a lot of these, they have such great content. Um, but what 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 tends to happen is, is like, and, and they, they're also pretty bad at like marketing, right? Like they maybe put out like one trailer for something. And then like, that's like two weeks before the yeah. thing comes out. And it's like, they just right. put up the big graphic when you log into your Netflix and that's like, coming it. soon. Or and you'd now, have to like yeah. log into Netflix to see that. Right. Yeah. Like they don't, it's not like on the fucking front page of like whatever. Right. Like, so I think they, they don't, they're not very good at marketing or at least they, they haven't invested that much in marketing. Um, at least to the degree of like other studios and things like that. Um, and they don't make something like any like it because it's streaming and you can watch it at any time. It's not an event, right? It's yeah. not a oh eight p.m. Saturday. We gotta be there, right? Like it's just a okay. I'll see when I see it. You know, uh, I'll watch it next week sometime. You know, like it, it. It's you can watch. You know, clearly whenever the fuck you want. But I think if they create some sort of urgency with some of their, especially some of their bigger ticket things, like so for instance, what if they came out with like that you could either stream it or go watch it at the theaters if they uh if they had um uh the movie that we're actually going to be talking about uh in our press play uh project power if they had that run in the theaters you know yeah on, and they have, like, the theaters, theaters and they're like okay like you know this is you know for a month this is going to be showing at our netflix theater yeah i might and maybe like that. maybe like the director's cut or like bonus footage throw or the alternate in ending you, you, you would have to i think absolutely you'd have to throw some things in there that's like all right this is you know something to jazz it up for you yeah. but like you couldn't just be like oh yeah, yeah it's just the same exact thing that you could watch at home you're gonna watch it yeah home. you gotta they, they just give you like that one extra thing that makes it sweetens the pot just a and, little bit and you know what they don't necessarily do uh which maybe they do for some of their stuff is uh maybe more so for their shows they have like you know oh this is like additional like you know behind the scenes stuff or whatever but what if for like movies they have that as like an added on thing of like hey here's like five minutes extra of extra footage that you wouldn't have been able to see yeah. streaming you know so whatever so, i, th- so I think like, every studio if some of the um, streaming networks try to get into it could activate it a little bit differently right netflix could now give you uh, the experiential element that they're missing right being able to go to the movie theaters to see your show amazon could just package it up a little bit more like you you're already an amazon shopper you have amazon prime you can go to the theaters shit that hoodie that you ordered oh you're gonna be at the movies friday night we'll, we'll deliver it there you get cold when you're in the right, theaters right you get, a, you get a little bit chilly sometimes <laughs> We'll have your package at the front desk. Don't yeah. even worry about it. Like th- they can all do different things. Yeah. Um. So we'll have to see who's the first like major studio or streaming company to like put their foot be, like, in, really in the water. Innovative with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's gonna be Amazon because they just they, they get they got the capital. They've got the They're deep pockets. In it. Yeah. Uh. Like like Drake said. Um. 
yeah, but wouldn't it be fucked up if your hoodie got delivered to to the theater and then like you see somebody else wearing it and you're like, uh, hold on, is that? Did you get my package? Like, oh like, yeah, so if, if they gave your shit to somebody <laughs> yeah. else, and they're like, "Sorry, you know, you don't have to email Amazon." Like, my package didn't get delivered. You're like, watching it. It did dude. get delivered. You're wearing my shit, <laughs> nigga. Like, I'm cold. What you want me to do? A movie's about to start. <laughs> you got to argue with them after the movie, like, but the whole time you're in there, like, it's cold. <laughs> cold as a bitch. The movie was great, but I'm cold. Can't even drink your drink. It's so cool. <laughs> All right, uh, let, let's move on here um, to one of our our last stories. Um, this is uh, it's, this is an interesting one. Uh, so we got word this uh, this past week uh, that uh, Aff- uh, Ben Affleck uh, has signed on to direct uh, the Big Goodbye uh, for Paramount. Um, and uh, which it, the the big goodbye is an adaption of Sam Wasson's uh, book, The Big Goodbye, uh, Chinatown and the Last Years of Hollywood. Um, so uh, Affleck, he, he's also going to write the script for it. Um, and so uh, I guess giving a brief description of uh, the book, it's. Um, it's uh, the nonfiction book tells the behind the scenes story, uh, scenes story of the 1974 film noir classic uh, starring Jack Nicholson, Faye Dunaway, uh, from uh, Roman Polanski's uh, directing and Robert Towns' Oscar winning script to the twist ending that shook uh, film, core, uh, film goers to the core. Uh, Chinatown joined the long list of films to make uh, their mark during the 1970s. Uh, looming over the story of the classic movie is the imminent uh, eclipse of the 1970s uh, filmmaker-friendly studios as they gave way to more corporate Hollywood uh, as we know it today. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, there, there's kind of like a, a little bit to explore here. Uh, so this is uh, Ben Affleck's return to directing um since uh, I believe his film, uh, The Live By Night, uh, I believe was the last film that he directed, which is kind of like a mobster kind of situation. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I never watched it, so I couldn't really tell you. And I don't care who's- Not bad. Yeah. It was decent. Really? Yeah. Okay. Reviews were terrible. Uh, and I don't normally listen to reviews at all. Like I usually just like to watch the movie myself. But yeah. just something about the movie, I was just like, nah, this looks like it's going to suck. And then sure enough, I heard it. It was halfway decent. People okay. love to shit on Ben Affleck. But we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> they really do. Yeah. Um, I like how you said that. They really do. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so uh, again, um, you know, this is first, uh, you know, since Live By Night. Um, because he basically wanted to kind of, I guess, refocus on actually just acting uh, over the last four years. Um, and so he's actually coming off of uh, The Way Back, which is, uh, which was a, a sports movie, but it was more about, you know, Ben's real life. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, and his battles issues. with uh, alcoholism. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, uh, I'm... Well, let me let me let you go, and then I'll, I'll throw my two cents. So, I mean, like like I said, I think uh, Ben Affleck kind of gets a bad rap for whatever, and and there was a a good bit of time in which he was battling his alcoholism, right? And so, some of the movies that he was in, either is it wrong to be drinking alcohol while we're talking about Ben Affleck? Is that no, like- no, no, no? Listen, you can control yourself. It's not his. <laughs> fault. It's not your fault. He couldn't. Yeah. Do your thing. <laughs> 
we are shit. That's the most we sensitive way to view alcoholism. Um, oh my god! But no, so like he was battling alcoholism during a period of time in his career, and, and um, you know he's he's had several interviews about it where he's talked about like some of the decisions he's made as an actor. Um, you know, there's I was reading one article recently about like uh, he had said in an interview that. Uh, he did so shitty in one movie that like there was a certain part in the film where they dubbed over his voice because mm. like the way he like delivered the lines and just his whole energy in that scene wasn't good. So they filmed it and they used him. They had another actor come in and dub over his shit. And like even he knew that like, OK, yeah, you know, I can't argue with you guys because I, <laughs> I just didn't do good here. You got me. Um, I, I, I think Ben Affleck is a really good actor. I think he's a... a, a I mean, if you look at his his body of work, there are lots, a lot of misses there. And then there are some really high points. I mean, Gone Girl, Argo, The Town, you know, Oscar nom, Oscar win in, for Goodwill Hunting. Um, I haven't seen The Way Back yet. Triple Frontier was a movie that we did a press play on here. Mm. I think um, I mean, Christian Bale is obviously the best to ever play Batman. I think Ben Affleck did a stellar job as Batman. Mm. Um, Live by Night again is the movie that uh, you know got bad reviews, but I didn't think it was too bad. The Accountant. Yeah. So, in my opinion, he's had some great films. He's uh, 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 he's kind of climbed his way back up the acting ladder. The way back, just based off of the the premise of the movie, I don't think I'm going to see it. But I love what Ben Affleck is doing by saying, "Hey, I'm going to focus more on my acting because that's where I've been lacking." And we all know he's a great actor. Yeah. Um. So. <sighs> Here's what I'll say: is that certain people tend to fail up oh yeah yeah, yeah. right yeah, yeah so very true you know ben affleck has a drinking problem and i'm not saying that like look there, at no at no turn should he be condemned for this right like this is something that he's a real life issue that he and a lot of people are dealing with right is addiction you know whether it's to alcohol whether it's to drugs whether it's to like fucking like video games like lord knows i'm addicted to fucking playing madden you know like yeah. um when i should be actually doing work and shit you know um and so uh but some people tend to just fail up right so ben he's going through all these things has his career been impacted pretty much at all no uh, no not his career no <laughs> 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 well, that's what I meant. His personal life and his marriage, yeah. It's, it's a little bit of a disaster. But, uh, um, but you know, as far as his actual acting career or directing career, it Shit, hasn't ruled really Even in his personal life, he's kind of failing up, too. Oh, because he's dating... Uh, Who's that girl he's, he's a dating model now? or something like that. I don't know. Who's that uh, young thing? Look. Whew, good, for, good for you, Ben. Either way. But, like... And, and it's just, like, sometimes I just, like, sit back with amusement of, like... I mean, I mean, he clearly he's a talented dude, right? Super yeah. talented dude. There's no doubt about that. But it's just like other people would never be given this chance to like after their life publicly falling apart like this for them to be given like, oh, you want to direct this? Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, direct it. Ben Affleck's resume reads like there's Jennifer Lopez, then there's Gigli <laughs> happened. And it's like, whoa, what? And then who is he dating after Jennifer Lopez before Jennifer Garner? I have no idea. Wasn't there somebody? I, I think there was somebody in there. Dating and, life. and then he like does the town and then, oh, you get Jennifer Garner. Like, oh, how did that happen? Uh, and then, you know, uh, you do a couple more shitty movies and then you're you're drunk while filming. You're drunk while directing. You're drunk on set, off set. You've got your uh, AA meetings. 
do you want to direct this movie? And he's yeah. like, sure, I'll direct it. It's like, have you had a drink today? Only one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're hired. You're terrible people. You're terrible people. Um, and then he's on set and it's like, well, you know, and the contractor says you can only have one drink a day and... But uh, all right, here's the second one. Don't yeah. tell anyone. You know, and that's like, and he just continues to fail. <laughs> so, so look, I'm I'm not trying to hate on Ben, uh, because I I honestly do think he's a super talented dude, uh, who is you know Argo, a great fucking movie, uh, despite all the controversies uh, surrounding it, as far as like even him playing the character that he played, who I believe was supposed to be, I believe was supposed to be a Latino person, uh, and he you know Ben Affleck's playing, and it's just like, yeah, well, Ben, you're not. Latino, yeah, I don't know who you know. Super real. They just like, graded it with like, you know, <laughs> let's, let's darken him up a little bit. Give him a spray tan or something. Um, you know, uh, but but Argo is a great movie. You know, there's no doubt, and he directed that. Uh, and and so and I have no doubt that that um, this uh, th- this movie, the the Big Goodbye, is going to be a great movie as well. Um, but it's just I don't know. I, I thought that was interesting. Uh, another as- aspect to this that we have not explored yet is. If they're doing a movie about China, have you, for, for one, have you seen Chinatown? Have I seen what? Chinatown? No. The movie, okay. Uh, so I watched it. Uh, it. It's been a little bit since I've seen it. So it's it's hard for me to like remember anything, but it was a great movie, uh, even by like now standards. Of, yeah. Like, it, it's still, you know, uh, I still consider it to, to be a really great movie. Uh, shout out to Sergio. He's, he's the one who actually recommended this story. Um, you know, he, he gloats that it's one of the top 10 movies of all time, which in film circles, of course, you know, that that's something that is, is a typical okay. thing to say. Um, the big question from this, in a movie that stars Jack Nicholson, who the fuck do you get to play Jack Nicholson? Hmm. The million dollar question. Who plays him? Putting so, you on a spot. So, well, hold on. Let me make sure I understand this correctly. Yeah. So, uh, Chinatown was a movie that came out in 1974, starred, uh, was it Jack Nicholson, Faye Dunaway. Uh, Faye Dunaway. Um, so, they're doing a movie about the making yeah, of that movie? Yeah, it's basically like, do you remember the, uh, the uh, what was the Dave Frank, or um, what's his name? Franco. Uh, James Franco? James Franco. Yeah. Remember when he did the, uh, the artist or the disaster artist? And it was a movie based on a movie that was being made. Okay. Or like when Jim Carrey did... Um, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, what's his name? Monty? Uh, is the, it? No, no, no. The uh, you're talking about the Man on the Moon or something like that? Yeah, where he like played the actor. Yeah, yeah. He played uh, fucking uh, uh, Andy Kaufman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, okay. So that's the premise of of this. Yeah, it's so it's it's a. This is going to be a fictional movie about the making of a real movie mm-hmm. of a of a movie that was made. So uh, to your your point, going back to your question, you're gonna have to get an actor to play Jack Nicholson. Yeah. They might just have to get Jack Nicholson. <laughs> and just age him down. <laughs> just age him down. Yeah. Give him like whatever, the, uh, the Irishman, whatever yeah, they Yeah, like they did with De Niro. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> that and might be the only way to do it. Jack is the only person that can play Jack yeah. uh, in, in all seriousness. Uh, you know what? You're, you might not fucking be wrong Because that's that. a tough casting. Because, you know, if I'm an actor and I have to play, you know, not just, uh, I mean, Jack Nicholson is many things. He's, he's, he's a legendary actor, um, very... Someone who's like very, his mannerisms very are particular. Very, his mannerisms are going to be very difficult to imitate. Yeah, you would okay. have to study this man for like months and like sit with him and you know go to um, Lakers games with him in the bubble uh, virtually, and you know like spend a lot of time <laughs> with Jack to get even just his mannerisms down. And then yeah. there's his voice. Then there's like the body language. 
Uh, that's tough. Yeah, they may just have to get Jack back in and age him down. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to list out like two or three and then like, let's see how they rank. Okay. okay. Here's going to be my first. Now, bear with me on this. Joaquin Phoenix. Not bad, actually. Uh, um, how do you how do you feel about that one? I feel like uh, I'm going to give you a five star rating. Like I'm going to give you one through five. I feel like okay. Joaquin Phoenix might be like a four, hmm. three and a half, four. Okay. My next, and only because of his turn in a very particular show that you and I both like. Billy Cup, who was in the morning show. And he played like, like the, the executive. The, the executive. Yeah. Okay, he's got the face. Yeah. Or I think a face he could play a young Jack Nicholson. Okay. Yeah. I would give that a three. I don't know if he has the the, 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 the uh, je ne sais quoi. Like, like he does like creepy well, you know, and like unsettling Which well. Jack definitely does. Jack is Jack does creepy. But he's also like charming and you know, he has but a certain like, bravado. It's it's mostly creepy. <laughs> I, okay, I'll give that I'll, I'll give that a three. Okay, um, here's kind of my last one, and it's a weird one. Bill Hader, who is in a uh, train wreck. Mm-hmm. I think he I think he can pull off because he's good at impersonations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he actually has a Jack Nicholson impersonation, unless I'm mistaken. Hold on, let me let me look that up real quick. You, you, Phil. Okay. Uh, should I should I go into maybe like my like just throw three out there? I think could sure. pull it off. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I'm gonna go, uh, and this might be questionable, but uh, what's his fucking name again? Uh, Robert Downey Jr. He might be a little bit on the older side, mm. but I think you could no, you think, can make I Robert look Robert a little Downey, bit younger. I think Robert Downey is too Robert Downey to play Jack Nicholson. Like, you know what I mean? I don't think, I think Robert Downey can really only do Robert Downey. Mm-hmm. That's in literally every movie, he basically is the same the Same guy. Yeah, he's Iron, Iron Man. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I am Iron Man. Okay. Um, uh, so, my, I'm sorry. I want to let you finish yours. No, no, no. no. Two. Go, go, go. So, my next two is probably going to be Tom Hardy. Okay. Uh, we've seen him. He's done a lot of uh, like, like, like historical figure pieces, right? He's he did Al Capone, he did uh, the, the the twin brothers. Yeah, um, I feel like he could commit to like if we've seen him play other people. Uh, I'm not, I haven't seen Al Capone yet, but I feel like he's an actor who could commit to playing someone. No, um, I think he could commit to it. I like, just like don't a real see figure. him pulling that off, though. I don't okay. see him pulling off Jack Nicholson. I don't for for somebody for you to talk about like having that charm. Mm-hmm. I, I think. You know, clearly he's charming in his own right, but I don't think he could pull off Jack Nicholson charm. Yeah, even though he's a super talented dude, and I'm not trying to underestimate him here. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Um, I, I don't disagree with you on that. Yeah. My my last one here is probably going to be James McAvoy. Now you just got done talking about how all these UK guys are taking over. You know, all these. <laughs> You're like, yeah. I, fuck it. I guess they're hired. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I, I'm in my. Uh, in my 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 uh, what do you call it? Um, if I'm in, endorsement of mm-hmm. Bill Hader, uh, so he actually tried or he actually did an impersonation uh, of Jack Nicholson on uh, uh, the Ellen Show, which okay. you know is uh, clearly uh, I don't know if you can see it, but we can definitely uh, we're going to be able to hear it. I'm just uh, loading it up. 
about 10 more seconds here. Um, but uh, but yeah, let's let's listen to this real quick and see see how good it is. Let's hater. Let's He's going to host here. SNL this weekend, so we okay. thought we'd play a little game to get you ready for it. Um, I am going to hit this button right here, and it's going to land on an activity. And an, let's see. Let's. Uh, let's. Puffed uh, friends. That's uh, him doing Seth Rogen. Uh, Harry Styles. <laughs> and. All right, Jack Nicholson here. You're going to order a lemonade for me, little child. And if you don't order a lemonade for me, you're going to go right to hell. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I like it. I don't know. I thought that, that was, was that wasn't too bad. Like, that and, like too bad. and that was on the spot. Now imagine with some training, with spending some time with Jack Nicholson and like really getting his voice and his like dictation down. Maybe. Yeah, the only back. the only thing I could see wrong with that is is that uh, Bill Hader is I think absurdly taller than Jack Nicholson. Yeah. I, and I'm just estimating this from just what I think that how tall that both of them are. Yeah. Um so that would look a little, little strange. But I think as far as like facial mannerisms and his ability to kind of like literally impersonate Jack Nicholson, I think that he might be a really good fit. But who the fuck knows? It's a tall order. That's a tall order. I need we'll I need see. to again, I need to check up front because if this movie <laughs> tanks, then you know, who knows? Yeah. Um all right, let's uh l- let's let's move on here. Uh so you know, leave a comment in the, uh, the comment section below let us know uh who the fuck you think is going to be a really good uh or who would play a, a really good jack nicholson um if not jack himself which uh, uh considering technology these days uh might could uh, very well happen could very well happen um okay uh you know let's let's get to uh you know the section of the show that pretty much everybody's been waiting for you know i, I hear the noise everybody's like ah the rumblings, you know, uh, they, they it's wanted it. talking on the streets. It's, it's the talk, um, uh, you know, on the streets. Let's get to another press play. Another Let's motherfucking press play. Let's we got a hot one. Let's too. do another one. A hot one. Um, so uh, this week we decided to do a press play. It was a toss up, right? It was a little bit of a toss up between um, between two particular films. Uh, we decided on this one because uh, for a number of reasons, but, you know, uh, yeah, so we were going with yeah. either the tax collector, yeah, and this film here, Project Power. Yeah, like, and there's only so many Shia LaBeouf or this movie's racist things. There's only so many jokes we can come up with from that. So we we're just like, fuck it, let's I do still Project see the tax Power. Though. I do too. Yeah. I, yeah, so maybe we'll still do do that nonetheless. Maybe yeah. maybe that'll that'll be in our in our future. But um, but in any case, uh, we did a press play on. Um, on the new Netflix movie uh, Project Power, which uh, let me give you the uh, the rundown here on the film. Ooh, are you gonna go with the long one or the short one? I'm gonna go with the short one. Uh, we don't uh, have that much time. Ooh, no, you gotta go with the long one. It's written by Netflix. Can you make it quick? Sure. Boom on the spot. On the streets of New Orleans, word begins uh, to spread about a mysterious new pill that unlocks superpowers unique uh, unique to each user. The catch: you don't know what will happen until you take it. While some while some develop bulletproof skin, invisibility, super strength, others exhibit, exhibit deadlier reactions. When the pill escalates, uh, sorry, when uh, the pill escalates crime within the city to a dangerous level, local cop uh, played by Josh Gordon-Levitt teams up with teenage drug dealer Dominique Fishback and former soldier fueled by uh, secret vendetta Jamie Foxx to fight power with power, risking it all, taking the pill in order to track down and stop the group responsible for creating it. Boom! 
And that, my friends, is how you do. Quick reads. Quick reads. Quick reads. And uh, ladies reads. and gentlemen, that is a public school education. <laughs> he did not pay any money for this no, ability. So uh, it's okay to send your kids to public school. <laughs> well, not during COVID. Uh, that's yeah, probably up. not. Yeah, yeah, virtual learning. Virtual <laughs> learning. Uh, so this film, uh, Project Power, it was directed by Henry Jost and Ariel uh, Schulman uh, and uh, was written by Matson Tolman. Um, let's just jump right into it. What do we think of the plot? What do we what do we think of the uh, the, the story uh, uh, for Project Power? So the plot itself, right, I think was great. It has so much potential, mm -hmm. right? Uh, um, you know, there's this drug on the market. So it's not like these people don't have superpowers, right? They're not all of a sudden... Um, uh, you know, they're not mutants. They're not uh, uh, enhanced individuals, as they're called in in some uh, circumstances in other shows. It is a pill that has been synthesized to give you five minutes of a superpower, right? So mm -hmm. it kind of changes things a little bit. You only have five minutes. Um, not like these people are again enhanced individuals. Mm -hmm. um, Jamie Foxx's story, like his reasons, are you know I I understand them. They're clear. Uh, there are some plot holes in in this, but mm -hmm. overall, I think that the storyline, right? This, there's a pill on the market. It's destroying the city. There's a guy who is uh, implicated in all of this, who you know is on a mission to get his daughter back and stop this organization. There's a cop who cares about his city, who gets involved in a young woman who uh, has to make a decision of whether or not she wants to get involved or, or continue her life uh, and and be ignorant to what's really going on. So much potential there. I think this movie delivers on most of it, but it leaves some. Uh, it, it leaves a wanting for a bit more. Mm. Yeah. Um, I thought that the plot for this movie was very, very, very generic. I thought it was um, it, it was a movie that, you know, uh, I remember watching Bright because this movie reminded me a lot of Bright, mm -hmm. you know, because just like there's like a lot of like weird shit going on that you're just like, huh, that's this is strange you know um and and so what i really loved about the movie bright and that's a film starring will smith um uh it, what i loved about it is that it created a world for you it put you in the middle of this world that was just like okay this is the world we live in and we're just gonna like kind of explore every sort of nook and cranny of this this world right we're just gonna build like uh they, they called it world building right like they they in story making it's 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 you know they create atmosphere for you. yeah this movie i feel like it, it introduces and in not not a new and fresh you know idea uh like this isn't the first time anybody ever thought of like hey like let's give people powers or like let's do this or that right like there's you know obviously the og of it like x-men right you know yeah. there's um there's heroes you know from you know if you're a fan of the the hero show from back in uh, you know the early 2000s um you know, there, there's a lot of these things that, that exist that speak to this kind of plot. So if you're going to introduce something like this, I feel like it's incumbent upon you to like throw something at, you know, the audience that's just like, here's a curveball, you know, here's yeah. or at least be able to build a world like Bright. That's just like, OK, now I'm submerged in that world. Now I'm just trying to now that you've submerged me in the world. OK, well, now we can get to some weird generic story or, you know, generic story, because now I feel like I'm in that world. And that's something that I thought that the, they didn't do really well with the with Project Power. They didn't set up enough like they it's basically, you know, we. Uh, you know, we get 
introduce this drug at the very beginning of the movie and then it's basically just like oh yeah this drug was introduced people have powers go yeah and it's just like all right uh nothing else like you're not gonna like really try to like really explore like all the implications of that yeah uh, outside of like maybe a couple lines here and there there was no like real like deep analysis of what this is going to do to society overall you know yeah so i agree with you i'm going to throw in a challenge question if you don't mind sure. and i want to hear like your your take on this yeah so with regards to the world building, again, I agree. Uh, they could have set it up a little bit more, like built more of a backstory, built a bigger environment, right? Mm -hmm. um, but the challenge to that is this drug didn't change, you know, the world or there was no, there was, there's no world to build. It's a drug that has been introduced to a small city. So this is a small contained thing that's happening in like a, in, in a new, in a, relatively small period of time. Mm -hmm. They're in New Orleans testing a drug. There's not necessarily like a world to build around it because it hasn't changed the world. It's changing individual people mm -hmm. that, you know, if this thing gets mass produced and synthesized, then that's the world changer, right? Mm -hmm. Then you got to build a world around that. Um, but this is just like the dry run, right? Mm -hmm. This is the test. Well, so what I would, would say to that is, is that when I say world building, I don't literally mean like the entire world. Yeah, what yeah. I mean is uh, in whatever story you're trying to tell, Build, set the set the scenario, set the you know, um, set the groundwork for where we're at, why it's happening, how it's happening, what what it affects. You know, really submerge me in wherever that place is. Like you know, take the word the word world out of it, and you know, think of it as more of just like just set like if you're if you're telling the story to somebody, yeah. right? What you're going to do is you're going to give a little bit of backstory, right? To like okay. Let me set the scene for you. Like, this is where I was at. This is what I was doing. Yeah, this, this is, is who happening. was there. This exactly. is what she was wearing. Like, you know. And all that does is just pull you into the story to like, okay, this is the groundwork for it. You know, especially if it's good back uh, backstory of yeah. like, okay, like it's not just like irrelevant shit that doesn't have anything to do with the story, but it's just like, okay, give you all the pertinent information that you need in order to really set the table for you. Yeah, um, I, I think one way they could have done that, which was a missed opportunity, is like, all right, so obviously this movie takes place in New Orleans, right? Obviously, you you kind of learn that this is post-Katrina. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like that was maybe a big part of the reason why they were testing this in New Orleans. It's, devast it's already devastated community post-Katrina. Maybe this is a perfect place to find people to test the drug, to use the drug, to surveil with limited government. Uh, like something like that would have helped build... Well, the understanding to, to their credit they actually did mention that but like they mentioned it but they didn't like explore it there yeah. was no like you know i wanted them to like show me why this was like fucking the streets up like okay so if if this is if this drug does what it does right this is like this is not just a if i see fucking invisible people running on the fucking street well, that's going to cause some shockwaves. I don't care if it's just in a small city. I don't care. Yeah. Like that's going to be a story, especially like when it's so blatant. If you're if cops are running around beating up people because they've got like super strength or like they you know they can get shot in the head and yeah you know nothing happens. That's that's a fucking news story. You yeah. Know? The, at least Unless the, the local government paper, contains it because it's coming out of New Orleans. Okay, maybe, but then you can even fold that into like yeah like there's, but, yeah, there's yeah. But, yeah to your point you know? i get like building a bit more of it which this this movie kind of missed yeah yep. uh and so in, in one of the first ways i knew that that's what this was going to be was when i saw the um i saw the uh the the villain um which was at least he was one of the villains uh it was the first dude who um 
the guy with the uh, with the New Orleans mustache. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, and, and I really want to get his name real quick. So let me uh, let me let me get that for you. Um, that was a great mustache, by the way. Yeah, it was all right. I couldn't pull it off. <laughs> uh, I believe. Dude, am I gonna find this guy before you? You might, might not. Um, yeah, I don't know why I can't find him here. Uh, nope, I don't think I will. Damn. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I that's not his like beard in real life. <laughs> yeah, no, it would make it very easy to find him if uh, if we could find him. Um, I believe. No, I can't. I can't find him. Anyways, whatever. Yeah, me uh, neither. Shit. It's yeah. Ghost. Well, well, you help me find him while I continue on my uh, uh, monologue here. Oh, is it? Uh, Rodrigo Santoro, I believe. Yes, it's Rodrigo Santoro. Um, and looks very different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why we couldn't find him. But uh, but anyways. Um, so uh, when he came on the screen, it was just like, oh, this is like a super fucking generic villain. Like he's got the mustache. He's got like all the presence of, you know, a villain. Yeah. Like he just looks no, like a bad guy. He's just a bad guy. And, yeah. You know, he doesn't care about the people who are selling the drugs, you know, and like it was just all very just like, all right. Yeah. You, you guys are reading from a playbook here. Like I've already seen yeah. this play like a thousand times. Put like, him in dark clothes. Give him like yeah. a, a, a mustache, maybe a scar on his face. Yeah. You know, like. You know, kind of a... He doesn't know, see his kids. Cavalier attitude. Yeah, he doesn't see his kids. Jesus Christ. He just sends money every month. <laughs> you can definitely tell that by looking at him. Right? You don't even need him to tell you that. Um, but uh, but yeah, as soon as I saw him, I thought, oh, this is a very generic um, villain that we have here. Um, you know, so at least hit me with like a swerve of like, you know, maybe he's not the villain. I don't know. Yeah. Just something to like kind of throw me off the scent there. Um, uh but then also, you know, this film also clearly, you know, it, it starred Jamie Foxx, you know, who's, you know, a lot of the story centers, if not the entire, basically <laughs> the entire story centers essentially around him uh, and his character of Major. Um, and, uh, uh, or I guess Art Major is, is I guess, his, his full name. Um, but, um, or was Major even his name or is he just like they a They called major him the Major, the, but oh, I think okay. his name was like Art something. Art something, okay. Yeah. Or maybe it, from what I'm looking at up here on uh, imdb it's just art but um uh what also threw me off was that um they spent a lot of time talking about that and not about like literally anything else and it was just like but it's generic he's looking for his lost daughter yeah tight like uh and i've, I've had this thing on your picture the entire time when i meant to have it on mine uh <laughs> but uh you know that that to me was amazing it was like if you're going to spend all this time on you know with somebody yeah. mix it up like okay. tell me something different here like yeah. give me a different storyline so let's jump into that then let's yeah. jump into the characters then yeah yeah this is a good time to jump into characters uh so yeah who's our runner-up who's our mvp well i, I mean i think one. you were heading down a path with that so i'm gonna let you go first and, I, okay. and i'm gonna give give minds because i want to hear what you have to say about about him as art and, and and opportunities missed i think yeah um yeah i i just didn't like where his you know uh i, I didn't like that it was so um it was so generic when it came to him his his storyline um and i don't necessarily think jamie fox did you know the greatest job in the world with 
you know, the uh, with with the character. Um, but uh, but it, it was hard for me to find who I actually liked in, in, in this movie because the, I think the story to me was so kind of like they, they there are so so many missed opportunities with the story that it distracted me from like any individual like, you know, um, performance. Um, but if I had to make if I had to make a uh, um, if I had to make a pick for who I would have as like my runner up, I would say that um, I would say that uh, JGL, I think he's my runner up for for, you know, a great job with the movie. Although, you know, uh, his uh, I've got something else that I'll say later that that kind of disturbed me about him. Um, but then also uh, I, I would say that my MVP is probably going to be Dominic uh, Fishback, who played Robin. Uh, and and honestly, there were spots in it where she was like super spotty as well. And I'm obviously sure she's probably you know a lot newer to, to to acting. But I think that she did a lot of things in there that were like okay, that's 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 neat to to have. Yeah. Um, and it felt organic and it felt natural, you know. So I think that at, at a certain point she she definitely knocked that out of the park. Um, like. Uh, you know, her back and forth with uh, JGL's character, Frank, uh, were some of the, the, to me, some of the highlights of the film because they seemed like they had a, like a natural like rapport with one another. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's a good list. And I, I think I'm going to like echo a, a good bit of that. So my, so I'm going to throw out a few like notables that I thought like had good performances. Uh, so off the bat, I love what uh, Machine Gun Kelly has been doing lately. Um, he's been in some. He was in uh, King of Staten Island. He's uh, in this uh, in this movie, Project Power. He's building like a good little resume for himself of like acting credentials. Um, he didn't have a huge role in this movie outside of like being the drug dealer in the beginning and being like the guy who um, was on fire, uh, battling Jamie Foxx towards the beginning. Not many lines, just a lot of like action and motion, right? Um, but I, I like what he's been up to as an actor. Um, so, you know, good for him. Uh, I thought J- my runner up, it was a battle between Jamie Foxx and JGL. I think Jamie Foxx, uh, he, he was able, he pulled off his character, right? You know, the father looking for his daughter, uh, the, the military vet, you know, he, he knows his way around a gun. Um, you know, he can, he's a man on a mission. He can find you if he needs to find you. Uh, he has purpose, right? Yeah. And, there were some scenes in which like you you kind of questioned early on like how committed he was to his purpose and then you see you seen him like kill his first few people and you're like okay this guy's not fucking around like this guy's very serious um but he, for me he was still just, you know he fits in the runner up category not my mvp category jgl uh i, I think like I, you didn't really question his character too much you didn't really question his motivations too much uh well he's a white dude who's a cop so White guy cop, he's uh, you know, and I, I feel like putting him in the Saints jersey was just a little bit too obvious. That was like I don't what the fuck was that? Yeah, I thought that was like uh, I didn't need that. And what what was know? it like? There was no backstory to it. It was just well, yeah, I, I think it just jersey. went to paint him as like a New Orleans native who cares about his city. And but that, why is he cop. allowed to, as a cop to just wear a fucking New Orleans? Well, but he's uh, he's uh, what, what is there? He's they're like uniform cop, cops, and there are um, uh, like ununiform uh, investigators usually don't have to wear the uniform right uh, but again i thought the wearing the saints jersey was a way for you to be uh as a viewer to know that hey this guy's uh he's a native uh you know he loves the saints he loves new orleans and that's why he's involved in this mm-hmm. i didn't need that just give me more 
from him, right? Give me more story about his character. Yeah. Um, but again, like you were easily able to like buy into his motivations and uh, understand why he cared so much, why he, you know, wanted to be a part of taking down this this criminal crime organization, the syndicate. But yeah, well, and uh, before I forget, uh, so the actual casting by credit on that is John um, uh, Papsidera, I believe that's how you pronounce his uh, his name. Um, what were you about to say? No, I'm great. Uh, shout out to John for putting together a solid cast here in this film. Yeah. Um, but you know, for my MVP, I got to echo the uh, the same your, your same choice here, uh, Dominic Fishback. Well, I- Oh, for for MVP. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so she's she's my MVP here. And again, to your to your point, like she hasn't been a part of much project. She was in the Hate That You Give, the Project Power. Obviously, she had some appearances in a few other TV shows like Blue Bloods, The Americans, The Affair. Uh, so she doesn't have like the length of time. And I think with time, she's going to only become a better and better actress. But she was able to. Um, be like a, a central character in the story that you continue to like want to learn more about, want to explore more about. She continued, she continued to give you more um, of like who she is as a person, right? Uh, and then when she goes through those like pivotal moments where she has to make certain decisions, like you understand her decisions, and I feel like that's because of the way that like she as an actress brought that character to life. Like you understand maybe her struggles in school right and then you know the relationship dynamic with her with her mother the father being absent and then when she hears jamie fox's story you understand why she's like okay i might want to help this guy Um, i might want to be a part of like solving this thing um she was funny when she needed to be funny she was like strong when she needed to be strong uh again she was like a artist and musician so when, when you heard her rap that like moment between her and jamie fox when she's freestyling that like that yeah, that all felt really yeah, natural. Yeah, that felt natural, felt real, and then like you're able to buy into the character and the story a little bit more. Yeah, I thought I was back. So she was my MVP. But again, to your point, she was a little bit spotty at times. Maybe that's because she's not as an, uh, an accomplice as an actor as JGL or Jamie Foxx. But again, she was that like focal point for me that like, all right, you know, I want to see what happens. Yeah. Uh, so let's jump to the cinematography. Uh, Michael Simmons uh, and Jeff uh, uh, was the cinematographer, and then Jeff uh, uh, McEvoy. Uh, was the uh, the editor? Um, yeah. So for the cinematography for the film, I thought it was cool. I thought what they tried to do with some of the special effects were, were cool. Um, I don't know if they were necessarily my cup of tea, like as far as you know, just like what I like and and what I would want, you know, out of, out of a movie. But you know, I, I'll give it to them nonetheless that they 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 pulled some pretty neat stuff off. Um, the one thing that I can say that I really did hate was uh, they did. Uh, you know, they did this uh, roll of the camera or rotating of the camera mm-hmm. where basically it's like, I don't know if you remember from like um, Black Panther of that the moment where T'Challa or Killmonger takes over the throne and you're seeing him for the first time sit on the throne. Yeah. And, and like the, the camera, camera zooming spins. into him and it's spinning. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they did a couple shots like that, but I hated it because it always seemed like it was like at weird and in, in like moments that didn't really. Like, like they were at the coffee up. shop yeah. and the camera roll. <laughs> and they didn't do anything that egregious. Yeah. And, and you know, as I kind of thought about it, I was like, okay, maybe I can see why they put this in here. But I just, for whatever reason, it just felt off for me. Like I, I remember the one particular scene that I remember seeing it in. And I think they did it a few times throughout the movie. But the one particular scene was when uh, after Jamie Foxx, uh, after uh, the character of Art, um, fights MGK's character uh, and he's having a flashback to when his daughter was being taken away. They do it then and then they do, the, like they combine that shot uh, the camera rotating with another rotating of him like waking back up in the you know in the apartment that he's in um and uh yeah i don't know it just felt 
it just didn't feel like and what it's supposed to represent i guess is the shift in you know the character right yeah. like you know suddenly something's going different than what it was before but it was just like i mean it's pretty much the same it's yeah like yeah changed, there could have been a different transition that yeah like gave you that experience but the camera roll just felt like cheesy yeah um or it just felt like it was just done just and maybe there was some sort of psychology that i just don't understand about it but um uh but yeah um and so uh so yeah that's the one thing i could say about the uh yeah, I mean, again, to your point, I think what they did with the visual effects uh, was really cool. I mean, like, what, you know, the slow motion effects on anytime someone was going through a transition uh, when they took the pill, um, you know, I, I loved uh, how they emphasized time in this. And then they used certain like camera angles and the way they shot to emphasize, you know, the five minute window. Right. Um, and other than that. Well, so there's one scene that I feel like this is probably one of the most amazing scenes that I've seen in a long time. It's the scene where there's like that underground drug deal going on. They're like in the bottom, the basement of that check cashing place. Um, the young woman takes a pill and she's going through like some like thermodynamic changes, right? Her skin is turning to ice. Uh, so they have her in that like temperature. Like thermodynamic, like you're... Yeah, you know, I, listen, I studied this. Listen, I have... I went to Howard Community College. I took one class... In this subject, I learned a lot. I learned that thermodynamics. But she's in that like uh, like temperature chamber, right, where they can like yeah. help control her temperature. Um, the shoot, you know, action scene breaks out. There's a lot of shooting and violence, right? And like they're focusing on her and like the the changes that she's going through uh, within that five minute window. And while focusing on her and everything that's happening with her, they're also capturing some of the action scenes that are going on in the background, the fighting, the shooting, the blood splatter, right? And instead of like chopping it up and like cutting cutting to her, cutting back to the violence, cutting to her, cutting back to the action and like doing the many cuts, they did like a single continuous shot where the camera was rotating in the room. You're getting her, you're getting all the action and violence behind it. And the sound in that scene, it's kind of like, you know, you're hearing it from that perspective, right? Like you're in that chamber with her and you're hearing this, the gunshots or whatever, um, from within that chamber. I love the way that all of that came together. Um, so I thought that was one of the most dynamic shots in this movie and like one of the most dynamic, most interesting shots that I've seen in a while used. Other than that, I think um, they definitely did some things in this movie that weren't entirely necessary other than the slow motion effects during the changes. So yeah. overall, I'd probably give cinematography like a B plus. Yeah, there you go. Um, let's uh, quickly do soundtrack and then any extra notes we have on it uh, and let's get the fuck out of here. But yeah. uh, so the soundtrack was done by, uh, or the music credit by credit is the music by credit is uh joseph uh trapanese i believe trapanese which is sounds like a rap uh, name yeah, yeah it sounds like <laughs> sounds like you should be coming up with some straight fire uh with a name like that but uh so what i could say about like the the soundtrack or the score or and this is more actually just the sound effect kind of thing is uh they really at least to me overuse the wah. yeah they overuse the fuck out of it. And it's okay. Like in trailers, cool, cool, cool. Through like half the movie, come on. Like you can do some, you, you, you're better than this. You can do yeah. some reinsurance. And they, I, they, I don't mean they, to be a dick. They had the default sound effect package. Yeah. You know, it's just like they, they had the package and they were like, I mean, it's coming close to delivery time. What do we do? Just, yeah. just hit them with another blah. It's it. like when you're buying it online, there's a free package <laughs> and there's like the $9.99 Pro package and then there's the $19.99 Premium. Yeah. They were like, well, we're not going to go with the free. That's too cheap. But yeah. 
1999 for the premium. Uh, get the pro. Do get it. the <laughs> Um and, and like, I hate saying shit like that because it's like, yo, like, I'm sure somebody took their time and scored this entire That was thing someone's and, entire job yeah, and you just shit on it. Yeah. Uh, so, and I always feel bad about that because it's like, as anybody who creates anything, it's like, you do put effort into it and you do put work and, you, and I'm sure there's some sort of logic behind why you have so many of those, or maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe there weren't that many. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All I don't know is that when I first watched it, that was one of the things that kind of stood out to me was just like, in like, to me, what felt like a disproportionate amount of times, it was just like, you just get that Foghorn, you know, Christopher Nolan trailer for fucking whatever is next. Yeah, summer that, that, that Michael Bay yeah. sound kit. Uh, <laughs> um, and so, uh, and then also too, I thought some of the music that they used, uh, it was, it, I felt like it, it should have been meant to be like, oh shit, like I fuck with this. Like, yeah, like they got like Wayne on there, you know, and yeah. then you pointed out before we started that Wayne's from um, uh, Louisiana, you know, so of course that's why they they, they had Wayne on there uh, as well. But uh, you, you have tracks like that that I was just like, for whatever reason, it felt out of place. Like it, it, it felt like it wasn't connecting to like the scene that they were showing. It mm-hmm. felt like it was just like, oh, we're just seeing some, you know, black young people do some things. So let's play this rap music, you know, like it, it didn't feel organic to it. It felt like it was something that was just like, it was a more of a business decision than a, this, this connects with, and which is weird because, you know, you got the, the rapping teenager, you got Jamie Foxx, you know, who has a whole music career. Like, like you would, you would think it would feel a lot more natural, but for whatever reason, it was just, it felt just off. Yeah. I, I think for me, when it comes to like the score, because in the, in the very beginning, I knew that uh, the music was the music that was featured was from a lot of like Louis, uh, artists from Louisiana or, or New Orleans natives. Um, so that scene where she's riding a motorcycle through the streets and uh, uh, when the Wayne track comes on, for me, that was like spot on because mm-hmm. like and, and especially the content of that song. Right. It's about selling drugs. It's about slinging crack rock mm-hmm. in New Orleans. And that's essentially what these people are doing. Like they just have a new drug on the market. It's not crack, but you're still, you know, born in the projects. Um, so that was it, it, it was spot on for me. And then a lot of the music that you hear throughout, again, New Orleans artists and like a, but a range of uh, New Orleans music, right? There's like the jazz, there's the bounce music, and there's like the bigger artists like Wayne that you recognize. Um, so I don't know. I felt like the music for the most part made sense. Yeah. What, to your point, like some of the things that stood out in like a not so good way was like the use of like uh, those like default sound effects um, in certain scenes where like uh, you, you can see you can see it coming, but maybe they could have gone in a different direction. Like maybe like the lack of sound, right? And I love when they do that. Like I want to hear maybe like what's going on, like the footsteps, the breathing, like hear more of the action versus, you know, another just, right? Um, So I think there there were some opportunities missed there. But for the most part, the score, I think it was spot on. It was very New Orleans. Yeah. Um, All right. So let's uh, let's jump into some any any extra notes that we have, just random thoughts that we had. Um, One... Uh, it was cool seeing Casey Neistat in this, uh, which I don't know if you know, but he's a really, really big YouTuber. Uh, one of the, I guess, OGs from YouTube. Um, so he was in a movie. He played the dude with the, the motorcycle that they stole. Okay. Yeah. So that that was uh, Casey Neistat. Um, so it was cool seeing him in this. I'm not I'm not really at all like a fan of his. It was just cool. Like, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah. Is he like a New Orleans native or something? No idea. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I highly doubt it. But Or maybe he is. I don't know. I have no idea. But um but uh but yeah it was just uh it was cool seeing him in there um and then um two things about jgl uh 
for one, how come he's always playing a cop that's like breaking the rules? And maybe he's not always. It's just that I know very two specific roles. Yeah, uh, I mean, Batman yeah. uh, and then this movie. Yeah. Right? I, I don't know why this felt really similar to you know the you know the the role that he played in uh i guess um, he's like that unassuming guy right like you wouldn't expect him to be like the rule breaker but you know the 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 guy you last expect is the one you know breaking the rules trying to even the playing field as they say i guess white privilege yeah i know right (laughs) (laughs) um uh, and then also too, his accent was trash. Like, yeah. let's just yeah, let's just get that uh, out. Of the a New Orleans right. accent in general is trash, Ooh. unless you're yeah. a rapper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, like whatever New Orleans uh, uh, listeners we had, nah, just unsubscribe. You ever met a woman from New Orleans? <laughs> huh? You ever met a woman from New Orleans? I mean, I, yeah, I've been to New Orleans a few times. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that uh, it's like the ball. Bo- uh, I'm sorry, this may come off as sexist. If you feel that way, I don't care. Um, but like. The a Boston heavy like South Boston accent on a woman yeah. or a New Orleans accent on a yeah. woman, not my cup of tea. <laughs> no, I don't like it at all. Let's wait. But the dudes you're okay with, you're just like yeah, like you know a, a dude with like a heavy Boston or Philly accent or New Orleans accent. Like it just kind of you know uh, you you. It definitely idiot. is sexist. Yeah. It's, it's annoying either way. But. No, no, it's annoying. But it's like yeah, you big dummy. You sound like you're from New Orleans, <laughs> right? Dummy. But you hear it on a woman, and it's like. Ah, this this I don't, maybe we shouldn't have gone out to dinner tonight. <laughs> we should have got taken. I mean, you should have just spoken on the phone. <laughs> yeah, we, we should have Facetime yeah. before we did this. <laughs> um, yeah. So those, those are my extra notes. Did you yeah. have anything else? Um, I mean, overall, I think this movie is a, a fun movie to watch. I'm not going to say that this is like a great movie. I think there was like higher expectations for this because it had Jay Z in it. It has uh, um, uh, Jamie Fox. This is a Netflix production. Um, I come. I came into it with higher expectations. My expectations weren't met, um, but this was still a great movie. Mm. Uh, great, great. Still a really good movie. Really it was fun. A, it was a fun <laughs> movie to watch. I had to walk that back. <laughs> um, That's like you know, a movie was kind yeah. of trash. You're just like, great, I mean, it was good. Okay, <laughs> okay. Not bad. You just walk. You just keep walking it back, and every word you say it doesn't quite fit. Um, but again, this is a fun movie to watch. If you're like, uh, you know, at home, you just, you know, you got a couple of beers, you're looking for something good to watch on Netflix. I'm definitely going to sh- yeah. uh, watch Meaning this. that you uh, have to be drunk while you're watching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, and you know what I liked about this movie? I think there's like some opportunity there to, for maybe like a second follow-up. Oh, I think they're definitely playing up to uh, to that. I think they've let, they left so many questions. Like you brought up a good point about like, we never even figure out who like, or they, I don't even think they ever mentioned who the mom, uh, who um jamie fox's daughter's mom was Mm -hmm. uh they didn't dive fully into what her powers really were we know she could heal but like what else can she do um the the cover up at the end where they say they didn't find the ship where all that went down on so obviously they're just gonna relocate and this project is gonna change cities um i don't know they might go to one of those other probably be in boston next time with like people with other accents that i hate um (laughs) or or dundalk (laughs) (laughs) If it happened in Dundalk, no one would care. <laughs> Just Jesus fucking Christ. let those druggies right. take those pills. Jesus Christ. All right. Um, uh, yeah. So we press play on the movie uh, Project Power, now streaming on Netflix. Uh, you, we hope you did too. Let us know in the comment section below. What the fuck do you, what do you think about it? What do you, what do you think about Project Power? You know, uh, and, um, you know, that, that very trash uh, JGL uh, Louisiana accent. Um and uh yeah just drop us a line below uh with that ladies and gentlemen i think we will indeed get the fuck out of here we got things to do people to see 
uh, other shit to watch. Uh, and so, yeah, we will be back uh, later this week. And by the way, uh, and I probably should have put this, I meant to put this at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, so we haven't published in a while for the actual podcast. We've been publishing a lot of stuff to like YouTube and stuff, but we haven't published the podcast itself to, you know, so uh, this uh, is our return to the um to the actual uh, formal podcast, we were just trying to iron out some things, uh, but now we are back. We are back, we're back, bitches, good. Uh, and uh, we'll be dropping uh, another episode here shortly. Uh, again, it may come a little earlier because I actually have to. Uh, I'm going out of town, so I won't technically be here in Baltimore. But uh, but yeah, we, we we shall return. Till then, stay safe. Stay uh, stay masked up. You know, mm-hmm. uh, in spite of whatever you know, crazy foolishness. Uh, uh some crazy people are telling you but uh but yeah uh with that i think we will uh hit our very usual protocol fade out peace the fuck out nolens